Hello, my fellow Brappentonians, and welcome to Brap Talk. This is a weekly. This is a weekly podcast. This. Uh, hello, my fellow Brappentonians, and welcome to Brap Talk. This is a weekly podcast where we discuss the happenings of. You know what, Shaheen? Um, I need some help on this one. I'm gonna. I'm gonna phone a friend here. I can't. I can't get this right. Hello, T-Man. Hello, my fellow Brappentonians, and welcome to Brap Talk. This is a mostly weekly podcast where two handsome, witty, and knowledgeable gentlemen discuss the happenings of the motorcycle industry. Jensen Beeler of Asphalt and Rubber is your host, and joining him on this two-wheeled adventure is the man about town, the blackbeard of Brap, the beloved husband of Hashtag Team Anne, and the birthday boy himself, Mr. Shaheen Albandi. Woo! <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed it. I didn't even know that was a thing. That was a good surprise. <laughs> <laughs> it's a night of surprises. <laughs> Nicely done, Happy you two. birthday. Oh, I love you, baby. I love you, too. Wait, was that to me or Jensen? Yes. <laughs> I mean, he looked me in the eyes. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> oh, all right. I'll pack my things. <laughs> You're a I'm sweetheart. Thank you, too. <laughs> Thanks for saving us. Thanks, babe. Thank you. Bye. I love you both. Bye. Bye. I love you. Love you more. <laughs> nice you're a sneaky sneaky i've been a sneaky sneaker all day my Man, friend you made me chili gave me cookies got me a beer and and got to hear my wife's voice you know play your cards right later yeah get some dessert fuck yeah <laughs> that's what are you up. doing sir i'm doing good how are you buddy happy birthday thanks man uh we're a little hurts. we're a little late but this is the the first podcast that's, that we've know, had the chance it's a and would say it's a birthday month so yeah we're still we're still there it's still february 42, man. Whew. I got joint pains. I didn't even know they were possible 10 years ago. And most of my joint pains begin right when I get up out of bed. Like, I just I just slept. I just rested. This is where the body needs to reset, not be an asshole to me first thing in the morning. Yeah. But, but you, know. you are the answer to life, the universe, and everything. 42, my favorite number. Yeah. I actually, I tried to get 42 for my racing number. Oh, shit. And it's it's taken. Oh. So, I'm on, the, I'm on like the waiting list Who or something. Who is it? We'll go, we'll go visit them. Um. Oh, it's like one of the fast guys. It's like coffee or something. He's like the club champion. See, this is not. This is what's not fair. Doesn't he want forty one? He's it's already. He gets, he's got like the number one plate or whatever, uh, and he's he's holding on to. He's probably like me. He's probably a hitchhiker's guide. You know, probably he's a, he's a fan. He has a towel all the time. He's just uh, living la vida loca. He, he doesn't panic. I'll tell you that much. That does not panic. I, you know, my phone's been saying that to me since since there wasn't you know a smartphone. That, that's right. You have that on your, yeah, on your screen. I always had it on you? my screen because, yeah. I mean, the original Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy was ultimately they were describing a smartphone. All the yeah, knowledge of the world a fair, in a tiny little black box yeah. with the friendly letters don't panic written on there so you didn't panic because there's a lot of information. Here we are getting all this information on our phones and still panicking. <laughs> Nobody listened. Oh, Douglas Adams was on. He, he had a good point. Head explosion. Head explosion. Head explosion. 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 All right. Well, that wraps up this week's podcast. Uh, I'll see you guys next week. <laughs> Safety, make good choices. Safety third. And uh, we got a lot to talk about, man. Oh, my God. We got a lot to talk well, about. My, my birthday week was full of hilarity as far as motorcycle uh, news. Your birthday week has been a real son of a bitch, but we'll I get tell to that. You what. <laughs> I tell you what. We, we kind of missed the weekly thing on this. Uh, I mean, you'll probably get this out pretty soon. It'll still be a week. Yeah, I'll get it out tonight. You know, but... Uh, 
that's just because I'm a glutton for punishment. But yeah, there's a lot to there's a lot to talk about. Let's let's, let's start. talk about the most important part real quick. Hold on. Oh, chips Ahoy, chips Ahoy chewy cookies. Yeah, pretty good. They're not. I mean, they're really good still, but they're not the same. I, I told you. I think they changed the recipe. Something's different. I, I feel like they used to be thinner. And like you're right. I think they were chewier. They were chewier. They're a little more crumbly now. Yeah. This is not an old box. You've had this for all of ten, ten minutes. We we did finish it though. Yeah. Okay. So back it up a little bit you know i I make shaheen chili and i'm like listen like i did all the math i got all the proportions there's 4500 calories of chili in this six quart crock pot right a bowl is about 400 calories and then you put a little cheese on it that's about 500 maybe maybe 600 if you put a lot of cheese on there pretty healthy pretty healthy dinner pretty good for a very filling very delicious somewhat spicy dinner you know we're trying to get into fighting shape for the for the year Uh you and i and uh you know like this is on the program (laughs) and then i'm like (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but I got some cookies for dessert. <laughs> I mean, you said I got cookies too, and I came out of the kitchen going, "Yo, where are the cookies at?" <laughs> <laughs> and then like a stack of cookies, you're like, "Oh wow!" So that stack of cookies is twice as many calories as the chili we had. 140 calories per two cookies, and each stack is eight stacks. So, so yeah, it's definitely way more. Four. I, I couldn't hear the numbers. Four twenty ish. Four. So four times one twenty is what we are eating in cookies because we're eating. Yeah, so that's almost 500 calories. That's 480 calories. Nice. Yeah decisions life life choices remember man we're grown-ups you're about to do 45 minutes of intense cycling and i'm about to go home and play video games i'll get it'll, my exercise it'll my works thumbs. out they say the brain uses the most calories out of all your you know muscles and whatnot and, uh, i definitely was have been using my brain the last week yeah yep we got some some cool shit happening at the shop and a lot of cool shit going but anyways back to the news that no, no. now that we've covered the cookie thing <laughs> it's very important to me tell me what's going on in your world my world. Besides, uh, besides getting older I don't know if wiser. this is good news for you or not, but the brappy little sisters found a new home with me. Someone's got to take her in. I mean, I took her in with open arms. Come to me, I said, Hannah. Come to me. Actually, she's awesome. I'm so excited to have her at the at the shop. Well, she's like, she's all right. I don't she's know. okay. Awesome she's, feels like a really right. strong word. I mean, I gotta I gotta pump up my peeps, man. <laughs> Here, so now here I am in the middle. You know, is it bros before hose or hose before bro? I don't know because she's she is literally a teammate of mine now. And if she's gonna go racing, what do I do, Jensen? Are you saying you're switching sides? I don't know. She's literally my team. She's literally in my team. I pay her to be in my team. Technically, I'm on your team too. I'm sponsored by Motocorso. That's true. I guess I'll just have to be equitable. We're just like a dysfunctional family. Here's the thing I'm not going to do is give her any secrets of what you're doing with your bike. I don't even know what I'm doing with my bike. <laughs> I know. That's why I'm not telling her. I don't know shit. <laughs> I wish I knew. Kramer Joe changes it every day. I think I'm running a twin next year. Nice. <laughs> oh, geez. Um, you know, pretty excited to have her. It's a, it'll be, it's a nice little change in energy. Got some brappy little sister energy going on. She's been with us for two old days. She's already sold the bike. Pretty good. Strong. Very good. I don't know if she listens to the show or not. Good job, Hannah. I don't Proud think I don't think she knows how to use a radio. I don't think she does either. I don't think she has that feature. Uh, Hannah's very good at motorcycle things, but radios are confusing. Yeah. Doors, boy, if you want to watch her get confused, get a door in front of her. You know what you should do? Switch the tag and pull the push. <laughs> That'll really fuck up her shit. <laughs> That'll be like half an hour of just free entertainment. <laughs> just get to the shop and she's still standing out there. Why are you not going in? This door, it just doesn't work. No. It says to push and I'm trying it and it's just not working. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh that's been one of the most uh, exciting things I've done this last week. Get, get Hannah to come join us. Okay. 
She she used to work at Motocorsa. She was a service writer there. And a lot of people don't know this about her, but she's a Ducati tech. She's a Ducati master tech. Yeah, she's a Ducati master tech. Yeah. Which is pretty badass. It's all right. Uh, she's, she's okay. I don't want to give her too much of an ego boost here, but um, she uh, she had left the shop to go work for a Ferrari race team. And then, you know, COVID happened. And then she and I got to talk and I was like, dude, it'd be so cool if you joined us. And she said, dude, it'd be so cool if I joined you. I'm like, all right, cool. We're on the same plane. Let's do this thing. So she went and did some more racing. She did some fun uh, trip around Utah and stuff like that. And then she came to us, clear mind, and uh, still confused about doors. But, you know, we'll take care of that. And apparently she's racing a Kramer. Apparently she's racing a Kramer. I don't know what's going on there. Well, that's adorable. That's, uh, I wonder where she got that idea from. I don't know, Joe. <clears throat> Am I blaming you or Joe? Who gets blamed here? I don't know. It just feels like she's kind of copycatting me. <laughs> feels like someone's a little nervous about I like their that champion she put status her, for this year. I like that she put her number one plate on the bike that Joe let her ride around <laughs> and Chuck Walla. And I was like, ooh, someone's poking the bear. Well, just keeping it warm for me. Uh, brappy little sister. Just just keeping it warm. Brapping away over there. It's adorable. I like it. I like I like a bit of competition. Uh. Actually, I had dinner with her and Alex the other night, and we were talking. There's going to be some stiff competition in that class. Mm-hmm. It's going to be – that's the one to watch. There's so some, there's some fast people. what bikes are in that class? Well, Kramer's, obviously. Right. Um, we'll have the Aprilia RS660. Uh, that won't be super sport legal in in um, Omra, but it'll be super bike legal. Oh, wow. Just because of things. SV650s, Yamaha MT07s. You could, in theory, run a Kawasaki Ninja 650R. You don't see oh. too many of those on the, in the U.S. The, that used to be the bike to, to race at the Isleman TT in the lightweight really? TT class. Um, uh, Ryan Farquhar was like really big on on tuning those, and that kind of made it a thing for a while. Uh, cripple triples, a lot of R6, <clears> a lot of lot Kawasaki of uh, cripple triples. Is there a um, is there a model year? limit uh like can somebody show up in a 1999 sv650 totally really totally there there is a a, a gentleman racing a carbureted sv650 wow um so you know bless bless their soul um no there's no i can't think of any year limits there's there's some technically you can run an air-cooled ducati that's under i believe a thousand cc's so there's some like intrinsic years of eligibility in that um but because i'm in the superbike classes you can kind of do whatever you want as long as you're within the cylinder and displacement regulations got it so that should be a really interesting year then with the 660 and the kramer kind of going toe-to-toe yeah i'm really curious to see how that really looks because on paper it seems interesting but i'm reality will tell otherwise it's gonna be brutal uh especially at pir with the, the regular course with right. those long straightaways right. the 660 absolutely has a the aprilia absolutely has an advantage uh kramer doesn't make that much out of all the bikes on that grid the kramer probably makes the least ho- horsepower yeah, but it's also the lightest by it's a lighter by margin. a lot um but the full course at pir is our weak spot you right. put the chicane in there we, we get a little bit more of an advantage you go up to the ridge we definitely have an advantage um you guys do orp as well no it's, That's not part of the schedule at all. No, not at all. It's ORP is a weird track. It's it's really out in the middle of nowhere. Right. Uh, it's really far from a hospital. That's true. That's a that's a helicopter ride. It's definitely a helicopter ride. And the, probably the biggest thing is it's just a really tight technical track. Anything bigger than like a four cylinder six hundred, 
and even that is probably too big well it's just not fun to ride there like you're talking supermotos the kramer would be a great bike there right but a supermoto would be a great bike there a ninja 400 would be a great bike there uh cripple triple would probably not be very fun i have pictures of people in like 1000s you know leader bikes on that track and it's in my mind i'm like are you just in first and second gear all day i doubt they're even getting in the second gear probably just first <laughs> gear all day which you know i guess that's easy yeah but it would scare the bejesus out of me well, i would not want that kind of so yeah i know orp has never made it on the calendar there's a new track near seattle that's coming in the Whoa. next year or two and if I was more prepared, I would be able to talk about that more. I just know there's someone's working on that. Hmm. Um, the Ridge is getting a ton of lots of updates. stuff getting done to it, um, mostly because of Moto America. Moto America coming to the Ridge has been a huge push yeah. or a huge driving factor. Nice garages they're building yeah. there. Yeah, I'm excited for that. So it was like 50,000 square feet of asphalt was poured. Wow. Uh, putting garages in, power is going in. Uh, they're working on a working on all the runoff area there's a nice spectator spot now up on the hill that place is really classing up i think those garages will be for rent to on track days i, yeah. I think it's a hundred bucks per sp- spot and that's for two motorcycles or one car so depending on what kind of track day you're doing it's a little pricey for two bikes <clears throat> i guess like well, but think about it, 50 bucks a person yeah 50 have, bucks a person to have power you got power you don't have to bring, don't tents bring and all tent. that bullshit yeah it's not bad that's, that's a, a lot less things to pack that's not bad if you i think guess about i get it. on that I guess I get on that train. I, I would like to... Considering a track day typically costs 250 or 300 bucks. You know me, Shaheen. I like to pinch a penny or two. Like, you I would just be like, how can I get 12 guys in this garage? <laughs> can we just split it? I just want to pay $3 a head. <laughs> I could see that. <laughs> right. Can you right? just let us do at least four of us? I mean, that'd make a lot more sense. 25 I mean, bucks a head. Having not seen the size of the garage, I really don't know like what we're talking about. Like, right? But like, I imagine, I imagine like the garages at Laguna or Circuit of the Americas were... Circuit of the Americas, man, you can fit like legitimately 10 bikes in a oh, garage. Yeah. Like oh, that's God, not yeah. hard. Like, so that's where I sit there like, really? Two bikes? Mm-hmm. Really? Like, are we two bikes in my kiddie pool and my treadmill? Ooh, and my, bring your bicycle my, with my you. dog kennel. Like, can I set up like a PlayStation in there? Like, <laughs> <laughs> can I bring a masseuse? What, what happens in here? Where was I? I was at a track day. I think it was at Thunder Hill. Mm-hmm. And one of like the track day vendors was a masseuse. What? Yeah. So, like, you could get a rub down after. Dude, uh, I would do every other session if I was there. Right? I would. That's how I would. How did this track day cost you $1,000? I don't want to talk about it, but listen, I just feel really good right now. <laughs> I feel amazing. <laughs> I had a great day. <laughs> I was living my best life. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll uh, keep you apprised of the situation throughout the year, especially with uh, Brappy little stepsister uh, mm-hmm. talking, talking some good talk. She's uh she's she's flexing her little muscles, man. You know what? This is her time. This is her time to shine. This is her time. Get it all out. Because end of April is our first race, and Woo. that's when reality is gonna set in. I'm so excited. I'm super duper excited. I mean, you've been working out legitimately, I think, every day. I've been trying. How many uh, thousand miles have you done on that thing now? The last the last like week or so has not been as good. Um, most because I was just like on the road the whole time. But um, yeah, no, I've been putting in the work. Well, don't I have gyms at the? Actually, you brought, stay at? I brought my bicycle down to Santa. Oh, you did Santa Barbara, and I rode my bicycle around. Oh, nice. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's just hard. It's just hard when you're on the road. But yeah, no, I'm I'm around. I'm doing the work. Got my little. I got my little yoga mat thing over here. I got my bike over here. Got some weights. Putting the time in. Putting the time. I'm doing the opposite of you when it comes to working out. I'm actually just lifting weights. I haven't done any 
any cardio at all. My cardio is doing my deadlifts a little faster. It's like, what are your goals? Like my goal literally for racing is literally just lose weight. That's a great goal to have. Like, I don't need more strength. I don't really need more endurance. I just need to be physically lighter. That's right. Ladies, he's got all the endurance you'll ever need. I last the whole 45 seconds. The whole 46 seconds. What's bull riding? Eight seconds? Yeah, that's all you need. Yeah, there you go. I can go at least nine. (laughs) So, um, blowing into the microphone. You know what I've been doing? This is, this is what's, this is what's making me have to like stress eat. Okay. Facebook, you're killing me. Oh, dude, what's going on? So, up, so you're in Australia now? What's I'm apparently Australian. Good day, mate. I was good before, day, mate. before I got the idea to have Anne do the intro. I was going to do it in Australia. <laughs> you know my my great Australian yeah, accent. You're amazing Australian. It's like award winning. Well, I mean the Australian listeners do give you props for it. So I feel like that's either a, that or they're extremely generous. Yeah, people. that's a pity. That's a pity thing. <laughs> they're like, oh, he's he sounds like a Aww, like a like a wounded wallaby. <laughs> like a dingo ate his baby. Oh. <laughs> It sounds uh, like the baby that the dingo ate. Yeah. No. Um. So for those who don't know, Australia and Facebook and Google are having like this big thing about being able to publish news online and Facebook and Google using news sources and having to pay them. And the response from Facebook was just to just stop letting Australian news on their site and blocking all the news publications. And they did some sort of draconian nonsense with that. And like all these government websites got wrapped up in it. Facebook's own Australian page got wrapped up in it. Huh. And myself, uh, bike exif, ADV pulse. And like, you know, obviously a bunch of people outside the motorcycle industry got wrapped up in it. So for the last like week, asphalt rubber has been basically banned from Facebook. And there's just not a whole lot you can do about that. Um, big no, thanks. You've just been, you've just been like, I'm been totally host. Crazy. I mean, to- at least like I'm not one of those publications that's invested a lot in their Facebook presence. I haven't, I don't have any promoted posts that I do. Right. I've never bought any likes or anything like that. So I don't have like millions and millions of you know followers or likes on my page. I think we have like 40,000 or whatever. Um, but at least, you know, at least it's all organic, but it's just, you know, I'm glad for that because that would have been a totally wasted investment. Right. Especially now the way the algorithm has gone. But Facebook is still a pretty big referral for just about any page. Oh, yeah. Um, so it definitely takes a, a chunk of traffic out. But uh, I will have to say, you know, big thanks to our friends at BMW Motorrad and, and Ducati in Italy because they they reached out on our behalf nice. and talked to their contacts nice. at Facebook. Uh, we had a lot of listeners uh, to the podcast reach out and help mm-hmm. us with their contacts. I uh, had a couple Facebook employees contact me. So the motorcycling community has been really good to us in that regard, but it's still going on uh, to, you know, as well, it's not like there's a customer recording. service line that you can call really. Well, here's the beautiful part, right? So I, I submit like a trouble ticket right. and I'm like, you guys, I'm not in Australia. I'm very much oh, not Australian. Portland, Oregon. Yeah, I'm in Portland, Oregon. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Like our servers are based in Portland, Oregon. I'm in Portland, Oregon. Uh, sites obviously very American in its scope. Like, I don't know <laughs> what I can do to prove this to you, but how do I, how do I tell you this? Figure it out. Uh, the only thing I can think of like 5% of our readership is Australian, which is with the traffic we do not a small number of people. So maybe they're just like, ah, it's kind of Australian. Why not? It's <laughs> big enough. Um, so I fill up the trouble ticket and I say all these things. And I'm like, Hey, we're not Australian. Help us out. 
and I get like this canned response back like, oh, right now Facebook is blocking all news from Australia and this is this is what's going on. And, uh, you know, we're not sure when that's going to be rectified. You're like, neat. I'm yeah. still not from Australia. Yeah, I'm like, cool. And then, <laughs> and then, but the best part is then they closed the trouble ticket. They're like, case uh, closed. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Still, still not from Australia. <laughs> I, I, I know what your problem is. I know what happened. That part was very clear. I understand that part clearly. That's very clear. I just, can I, can I not be in Australia? Like it just, I like Australia. You know, I, I thought about moving to Melbourne once. Um, Maybe that's what it was. It was somewhere in your story that you thought about it. <sighs> you know, they're like Australian. Yeah. So now I read on the news that I guess Facebook and Australia have, have agreed to, to, to go back to normal. Oh, good. Still haven't fixed our page. So that's such as life. Have you looked at your settings? Did you like jokingly put Melbourne, Australia? No, I legitimately went back through it, made sure it said Portland, Oregon. Like I even changed this from like not being a news organization. I'm sure like everyone else has tried the same strategy. I'm just sitting there just like, I don't know. There's nothing else I can do except complain publicly and hope someone listens. Help. Well, I I saw there was a lot of outreach for it. So, I mean, I really appreciate everyone that that came out to help uh, tackle that issue. Um, But it is literally my greatest fear. And this is, this is part of the reason why I've never really invested in Facebook as a platform for, for asphalt and rubber is you are 100% at their whim. And like a lot of these businesses, like, uh, Facebook and Google, especially uh, Instagram's like this as, as well. Even before they got bought by Facebook, there is no person you can contact. No. You submit a form and like right. somebody somewhere Some eventually somewhere sees it. Yeah. And that's the thing they they shuffle it by algorithm. Right. Like you're just at the whim of, of some computer. It's not like I, I can call someone up and just be like, Hey, customer service person, this is what's going on. And then like an hour on the phone, two managers later, like it's fixed. No. Um, and that's huge. Like when you think about like how much your business is dependent on something like that, you're like, really? I can't like, I just, I just send this like email form thing and hope someone reads it. This happened to us at Motocorso with YouTube. Our YouTube channel got wiped, got completely wiped one day and there was no way there was nothing we could do about it. There was no one we could reach. There was no one we could chat with. And luckily we had all the videos saved. And so we just, you know, reposted them, but it was like, how, where are they gone? Yeah, and then our page never left. Our page was still there, but everything was gone. Everything so weird. And then you lose all the algorithm, whatever they were in, if they were highly recommended. Yeah, because we had a handful of videos that, you know, like Quentin had written the the Terracorsa that had a gazillion views on it and been shared a million times and Mm -hmm. gone. So all that's gone. It's like, nope, you get to start all over again, fresh, new page. It's like an etch a sketch, man. They just shook it. Just shook it. Somebody shook it. An earthquake somewhere cleaned that up. It's bananas. So yeah. yeah, that's been my week. Um, I did get to go out on the uh, Africa I Twin. Saw. Did you ride in the snow at all? We had snow. We had oh my god, we had so much snow. Um, it's not a thing Portlandians are used to, and we had you know the city's not really prepared for it. So when it does snow, the once or tw- two days a year, it just shuts the whole city down. Which to a lot of people, you know, up in the northeast, are like, wow, what a bunch of losers! You guys stop when the snow's like, yeah, it happens two or three days out of the entire year. It's a nice little vacation, and we don't have salt here, so it just snows and it melts a little bit and it freezes overnight and it's not safe to drive on you know they do they throw down just tons and tons of gravel right that's that's the thing that's like the worst about it in my mind is after the snow's gone everything melts everything's gravelly and there's just gravel piles everywhere Everywhere, which is a lot of fun on a motorcycle it's a hoot yeah best time ever so i went and did my usual my usual ride which takes me up to skyline Uh old germantown road how's that 
Uh, closed. Yeah, because <laughs> there was closed. a lot of trees down, I think. <laughs> I, um, I'm not saying that I crossed any barriers that said road closed. <laughs> but if I did, the Africa Twin was the perfect bike to be doing that on. And the um, roads were indeed I crossed the sinkhole. That was a little sketchy. Oh, what? Yeah. Where was that? Like way, like, okay, so you know where like Skyline stops being a road and turns into gravel? Uh-huh. And you go down that and you eventually. Oh, you went like old Skyline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it pops out like near the freeway. Uh-huh. Yeah, I went down that. So like two-thirds of the way into that proper closed like k wall moved by tractors shit blocking off the road do not come here do not come here sinkhole thing going on africa twin did it like a champ <laughs> i mean theoretically <laughs> theoretically i heard did you it could jump the sinkhole i got a little i got a little off-roady with it nice yeah and you haven't even changed the tires yet no i was actually really impressed they're the bridgestone I didn't even look to see what tires are. In my mind, they're like Bridgestone A41s or something like that. Okay. Kind of a sport touring or adventure touring. Adventure tire. touring, but definitely a 90-10 tire. Right. No real knob. But they got pretty good siping on them. I was I was actually really impressed how they because it was muddy and it was wet. And it was like all the the coldness from the snow on the side of the road was causing like the moisture in the air to condense into like a fog. Huh. And so it was super wet, super moist 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 the moisture not dry nor wet just moist just very moist i like that word um so it was a good ride um enjoying that bike a lot uh, it got me thinking about bikes with 21 inch front wheels that price point which right. which dovetails pretty well into a story i want to talk about with you in a minute which is the pan america because the, that's the pan am sir the pan am <laughs> fly pan am because <laughs> uh, they're about the same price for the tricked out Africa twin, right, kind of falls right into that price range with the base model Pan America. Pretty impressed that Harley was able to meet that price. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I heard on a podcast like a while back about some sort of pricing and specifications, right? And uh, looks like lo and behold, Shaheen, you and I were uh, <laughs> correct on that one. All the naysayers can suck it. I just like that's just a little. I told you so. Little, just because we don't often say I told you so, but I told you so. I don't want to say like I told you so, but um, there was something you needed to know, and I told it to you. Are you ready to talk about this bike? I was going to talk about that bike second. Okay, you want? We can talk about it first. We can right, talk about no, that's first. Fine. What's no, next? No, 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 no. Let's just talk about it. We're already here. We're already here. We're already here. All right. Give me your thoughts. Give me your thoughts in three words. Um, an interesting bike. May you live in interesting times. <laughs> okay, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta explain that because that's pretty nebulous. Yeah, it's because I'm a salesperson. You say the eat, right thing. You gotta I'm open eat, the conversation. I'm gonna eat my little cookie over here. Yeah, you tell cookie. me about that. That Harley did. Um, probably nothing that no one's, everyone else hasn't said already. But it, it's the bike looks heavier than what they say on paper, and I'm really impressed with that. And that was something you and I kind of worried about when we initially saw plans for it, it just looks girthy. It looks heavy. It looks like proper 600 plus pound heavy. Um, and price wise, I didn't know what they were going to do with that. I mean, I know where they needed to land to make it competitive, but I never thought it was going to be a sub $20,000 motorcycle, which is super duper impressive to me considering Mm -hmm. that it's got again on paper, a lot of really neat tech on there. Um, they're, they're answering one of the biggest questions that the adventure touring motorcycle segment doesn't really have which is that seat height issue Mm -hmm. and so that that you know active suspension thing that sounds pretty neat to me that uh you know and 
I'll say this. You you probably did what I did. I watched the video. I watched that 30 minute long <laughs> Jason Momoa love fest. And then the guy that went to Africa and the CEO and him riding together in, I don't know, Utah or something and, you know, being super duper badass. And Harley spent 30 minutes convincing the viewer that they've always been in the adventure touring business. Yeah. They, I mean, they they more or less said that. They're like, no, this isn't our blood. This is our heritage. We started making motorcycles when the roads weren't roads yet. There were <laughs> dirt and mud and shit. And, you know, we started doing trail riding because that's what you had to do if you wanted to get away. You had to get on a trail and go somewhere. So we started doing this back in the 20s, brother. <laughs> and then, and so I was like, I rolled my eyes a bit. Like, all right, guys, I, I get it. I, I'm, But what a brilliant thing because Harley believers or anyone that wants to believe that will go, yeah. You know what? That does make sense. They were always doing this thing. I mean, they kind of went into a heavier cruiser, you know, segment and they own that one. But yeah, Harley is this company that started on the dirt and the old American Midwest roads. But truth be told, you know, is this bike capable? Probably. I mean, like I always say, every pizza is a personal pizza if you're hungry enough. Yeah. You slap some, you know, whoa, whoa. Actually, they did say they've been working with Michelin to have the Anarchy Wilds put on there. So <laughs> I worked with Michelin once too, and they put Anarchy Wilds on my Multistrad also. They're very decent tires. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I think the bike will be, at the very least, it's good to have another contender in that segment. It's price smart. It looks uh, properly polarizing, which I like in a motorcycle design doesn't have to be the prettiest thing on the road. And frankly, let's be honest, this segment doesn't have what I would call pretty bikes. They're very utilitarian. They have a specific look to them. I'm developing a theory that a successful adventure bike has to be ugly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I think the Multistrad is the the bike that proves it. Where it's like, you hear a lot of people like, oh, I don't know. It looks kind of fragile. Right. Don't know if I'd want to take it off road. And you're like, yeah, because it's a really pretty bike. Right. What sells really well? GS. Uh-huh. Fucking ugly it's motorcycle. Like a fucking robot that got punched in the face once especially when they used to have the, the yeah. like the asymmetrical headlight yeah. so that's why i'm gonna well, like, brow up look yeah <laughs> like i'm like you know i think harley's really onto something like you made a really it's a really ugly looking it's a swiss army knife of a motorcycle yeah. it looks really ugly right. it looks really utilitarian but it looks really ugly swiss army knives are not you know particularly sexy items yeah a bow a bowie knife looks cool because it's got like brah, i'm sharp and i'm gonna shank you but yeah this thing, I mean, and and they've done, you know, their looks like they've done their homework. You know, they they realize it has to have X amount of ground clearance, specific sort of wheels to do the thing. It's got different bags <laughs> that you can get for it, depending on what kind of a rider you want to be. Yeah, um, you can pay extra money and have really ugly paint on there if you want. <laughs> what is up with that? <laughs> <laughs> I would like the poo brown, uh, and then I would like to pay you two hundred dollars more for I that. Would pay you to make the bike look like I just ate chili <laughs> last night, and then I went and just painted my bowl with it. <laughs> um, anyways, again, that's that's for everywhere to each to each their own. Like maybe you love that, but. The numbers are in- impressive to me. You know, I mean, we're, if we're truly talking 150 horsepower and 94 foot pounds torque, or pounds foot of torque, excuse me, uh, that for a foot 530, 540 pound bike, those are impressive numbers. That's putting it out there. That's more powerful and a better weight than the Honda. Yeah. Oh, you know? yeah. And for the price, you said it. I mean, the fully decked out Honda Africa Twin and one of these things are pretty much in line together pretty close um i don't think this will go places the honda can go because of that 21 inch yeah. versus 19 inch uh, wheel difference but you you and i both know majority of people that buy these motorcycles 
you know, at the very best, they do cross-country touring on them, which is still primarily on-road. Maybe some gravel. This bike, um, that's funny. You, you, it's funny that you brought up the uh, the video because I'm like sitting there because they send that out to all the press people. I'm like, this is going to be this is going to be the press launch for you. Don't share this with the public. Right. And you think you're getting like just like some crazy lots of information or yeah, something. Yeah, usually what that is is like it's like some engineer and they're sitting in front of a bike and they kind of walk you through all the controls right. and it's it's pretty dry but it's pretty informative. So that's what you're expecting. Like, and you can understand like that's not a public facing thing. Yeah, it doesn't have to be like sugar-coated yeah so it was really funny you get you know you get like the secret press thing and it's just the same as everyone else they gave you so much sugar it's literally and you sit and i'm so i'm on my little i'm watching it on my laptop and i'm on my desktop computer just live tweeting uh a harley davidson executive <laughs> my thoughts on what's going on and they were not good thoughts <laughs> i was in a like, i was in a mood <laughs> and i'm just sitting there just going like what am I watching right now? Jason fucking Momo. Why am I watching Jason fucking Momo? A fucking I mean, Aquaman is on a motorcycle. I mean, he's pretty. I didn't even know he could speak English. He's super pretty. I don't. I don't get it. That I'm not pretty? a Jason Momoa guy. I mean, you, Brad, Brad Pitt. I get why Brad Pitt's hot. George Clooney and I. I think it'd be we'd be really good friends. Jason Momoa, like, fucking take a shower, man. I don't know what's going on. Some bro, he loves Harley's and he likes to wear a leather suit while wearing riding this bike. I do like that he's a motorcyclist. You know, any yeah. any celebrity that's a motorcyclist gets a pass in my book. Big but uh-huh. I just like I hear people talk about him like he's the second coming of of boners, and I just don't get it. I have a concern about the bike's design, uh, like an honest to god, not ha 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 funny concern. All right, uh, the 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 bit of hardware that looks like it's sitting directly behind the front wheel. Yeah, it looks important. I don't know what that is. I don't either, but it looks semi-important. Important enough that they put some kind of cover on there, but at the same time, it just looks like it's in prime real estate to just have shit flung at it. Like, I've bottomed out my bike a couple times, and that looks like it's in prime spot to break. Yeah, I'm not going to pass judgment until I see it in yeah, person. Yeah, that's, that's where I'm trying to be like, okay, you know what? But it's funny, of all the things on the bike, that's really the thing that kind of made me go, um, one of my coworkers yesterday made the funniest comment. They were like, this semi-active suspension let's not let's hope it's not like one of these old lincolns that you see driving around with their airbags broken just like rear end slammed on the ground so so <laughs> two different things going on there's semi-active suspension from showa uh-huh. on the pan america 1250 special okay and then on the special there's the factory option of the adaptive ride height that's it so two different systems right uh the adaptive ride height i believe is hydraulic uh, I've been trying to get an answer on that and, and haven't gotten a hundred percent because it works pretty quickly. I've heard like by the time you come to a stop, put your feet down, it's already lowered. You can set it. There's multiple settings on how quickly it does it and how much, how much time you can idle around before it'll, it'll drop. Um, I think it's really clever. I mean, super clever. Yeah. I, I, I hear a concern. I mean, that's, that's real. Right. But you know, for, I mean, I was just at the, um, I was just at the Multistrada V4 launch and one of the journalists who's not, he's not a short person. I mean, he's not the tallest guy you've ever seen either. And he got on some uneven ground and went to put his foot down and it was too far. And then the bike, bike tipped over, uh, you know, like that's, that's what happens. Huh? That's a very real thing. Yeah. It's happened to me on a GS before. Um, you know, it's, it's Harley's, you know, solution here is, is a solution to a real problem. Yeah, and it's and it's a pretty clever thing to do. Uh, I want to say the system comes from Showa. Um, 
and I'll be curious. So I'll be curious to see if other brands get a shot at it in a year or two. Um, I, the only thing I'm a little like about is how much weight it adds. Cause no one's talking that number. Oh, really? So that could be like 50 pounds for all we know. Okay. It could be five. I mean, I really don't know. But, but you can buy the bike without it. It's not It's not something that's on it all is the a, bikes. It is a factory option, as cool. are the spoked wheels, which I think is hilarious because I saw so many people getting just turned up about the cast wheel thing. And like one, name an adventure bike that doesn't have cast wheels. Right. They know? all have that as they, an option. They all do. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> what a stupid thing to get upset about. Right. And two, it's like. Bah, it's, it's not a real adventure bike. Yeah, and two, the factory, you can get a factory spoke wheel if you want. Right. You, you, you get these it when you order your bike. Like, these look like the same exact wheels that come on the BMW 1250 and the Ducati uh, Multistrada. You're talking the cast wheels or the spoke, the the spoke wheels? Spoked. They look identical. I think it's the same same manufacturer that makes them for uh, all the brands probably it's the spokes of the outside i mean they look the same uh, you could park oh this. yeah i know which one you're talking about yeah you know yeah, yeah, yeah. About? Yeah, yeah yeah it's the same that's on my bike the multi-enduro scenarios the- like got those yep. as well yep uh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. good they're good wheels they're very very strong <laughs> they're very very heavy <laughs> super i mean like seriously <laughs> you you put tires on those wheels i think you're carrying around like 40 50 pounds yeah Especially well, the if you tires do it. you use. Jesus well, Christ. Yeah, my tires alone are 40, 50 they, pounds. Shaheen, you forgot that they partnered with Michelin. That's right. It's a special tire made specifically for this bike. It's called the Anarchy Wild, and you can only get it if you ride a motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> Not a hard um, uh, what did I? What did I think about this bike? The value. Good value. Great value. Pretty impressive spec sheet. Pretty impressive. I mean, you guys, I want to see how it rides, but... There's nothing about that spec sheet I really can poke holes in. No, you know? I, I looked at it over and over, and the bike sits perfectly where it needs to. Yeah. And, you know, on Especially paper, the pricing. The pricing, I think, is the strongest part. Yep. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, here, here's, here's like my, my kind of like one sentence thought. This bike is a workshop test. You know, if you're like a Harley hater, if you're just like, this bike is going to suck no matter what, you see that in the comments. Like, if you're one oh, of those yeah. people just trashing this bike, you're going to trash this bike no matter what. No matter what happens. Yeah. It doesn't matter what Harley does. You're going to dislike yeah. it. That's There's fine. nothing substantive that's that's bad about this motorcycle. You can't be like, like a, oh, it's only got 150 horse. I'm like, I don't know. 150 horse. It's pretty, a fucking ton of power. It's pretty good, especially when you have 92 uh, pound feet of torque. Yeah. You know, so it's like, okay, so it's a, it's a, it's a grower, not a shower. <laughs> um, it's it's pretty, pretty light. It's not the lightest, you know, motorcycle on the market in this category, but it's not the heaviest. It's 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 right there. It's actually got a little bit on the lighter side. It's, I mean, honestly, really, the only bike in the category that's lighter than it is the Ducati. Uh, I haven't done the spec sheet rundown to just to, to see all that, but you're probably pretty 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 right there. What was it? It's like five hundred and thirty something odd pounds for right. the base model. Uh, even when you load it all up with all the farkles, that special that's yeah, only it's uh, like five hundred and forty, mm-hmm. five forty five something like that uh trying to like i have a feeling this bike as as time goes on here's what i want to see i hope that it succeeds uh because i think it'll probably give some legitimacy to the brand that's been losing numbers badly it's going to bring in riders that they didn't previously have and maybe just maybe it'll also be a platform for other bikes okay so that's i guess that's what i want to hear from you because this is this is the test at the end of the day. Yeah, you're an adventure bike guy. You're in the market for a new bike. Let's forget the fact that you just bought a V4. Yeah, 
is this a bike you're going to consider? Is this a bike that like, you're like Harley Davidson venture bike? Yeah, that sounds, that sounds right. I'd put that in my garage. Cause yeah. you can sit there and like, look at the spec sheet and, and be like objective. Like, okay, that kind of, that kind of smells right. But are you, well, I was going to say you as someone outside the brand, but you, you've been in the brand before. Mm-hmm. Are you willing to become a Harley Davidson guy? Cause I think for me, that might be the deal breaker. Yeah, I mean, there is that stigma, right? I mean, the same as Ducati. There's a stigma behind being a Ducati guy. Yeah. Uh, so with the Harley thing. But I mean, I am a Ducati guy in the sense that like I, I've lived in Europe. I'm kind of European. I right. like I like Italian things. I lived in Italy. Right. I'm kind of I'm kind of a snob. Um, I like fancy things. I'm willing to spend the more money. I'm kind of racing focused. Right, like, right, like right. that's a that's a brand that ticks a lot of the Jensen Beeler boxes. Yeah, I think I think Harley is going to try really hard to bring in new riders and maybe even introduce their old riders because there is a lot of people that own Harleys that also have adventure bikes. Well, that's fair. Uh, and so, you know, just like Ducati deciding to make the X, X Diavel, that's them trying to have a piece of that that cruiser market that Harley mostly owns. And so Harley bringing the, let's be honest, everyone that makes one of these bikes is trying to get in on BMW and KTM and Honda. Like those three are the ones. It's really honestly the BMW game when this large, oh sure, super luxury adventure touring bike. That's that's been the BMW game since 1983, um, at least with the GSs. So, would I to answer your question? Yeah, I would. I would totally consider it if it is if it is what's being put on paper. It's really really that motorcycle. Yes. What I hope is that it'll be a good bike right off the bat. Uh, as I said to one of our friends on Instagram the other day, at the end of the day, it's the the rider that makes the machine. You can you can buy, you know, like I said, every pizza is a personal pizza. You can buy this bike and go have a bitch bitch in time with it. You can take that bike to probably do some BDRs with it, and you know, go to Cabo and do all the fun shit and go ride it in Moab and whatever. But you could do that with almost any bike. You can buy a you know V Strom six fifty and do all that shit. So you don't need this motorcycle, but. The person that's looking for a luxury adventure touring bike that's in the $20,000 price range probably already has a Harley or has had a Harley at some point or maybe is thinking about it at some point. So this will probably tug at some heartstrings here and there. I don't know that it's going to be like a complete savior for the company. It's not going to suddenly replace like street glides and road glides with this thing, but for someone like myself, I'm I'm fairly open minded about brands. I'm not diehard about one brand or the other. Mm. I don't I don't believe in the idea of if you ride a Harley, you're a Harley, Harley guy. If you drive a Porsche, you're a Porsche guy. Like just it's a thing you like doing. Have fun with it. But there is that stigma. I understand it. I see it. I've dealt with it. I've I've to this day still deal with it. Um. So yeah, I would totally do it if I was not in the position I'm in right now, and I was going to buy um a sport not a sport but an adventure touring bike and that thing was on showrooms right this minute i would totally look at it see this bike this bike for me is is like harley davidson is gonna have to convince me to go out with jenny mccarthy okay i'm gonna spat out my beer when you said that because <laughs> <laughs> it's like like Jenny McCarthy, when I was when I was a a, a a young man coming of age, MTV years, bro. MTV, you know, she was the buxom blonde of MTV. Like right when I was hitting puberty, Jenny McCarthy was like the sex symbol right, of my life. Right, 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 right. And now that I'm older, you start really like Jenny McCarthy. 
anti-vaxxer, totally crazy, like, you know, like just took over that whole, like, she, I'm pretty sure she's a flat earther, you know, like she and Roland Sands are just, they're just down those, those, those rabbit holes of crazy. And so it's like, now you're like, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, you got to convince me like, like on paper, you're like still super smoking hot. Right. Still, it's still Jenny McCarthy. Right. Still like, you know, had posters over my room, blah, 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 blah. But I'm going to have to, on some level, swallow the crazy, you know? And it's like that partly where like everything about this bike. I like what you did. I I can actually kind of get behind the looks. I kind of like, again, like I kind of, I like it. I like that. It's polarizing. It's so ugly. I kind of like it. Right. Um, it looks, it looks right and tight. I think they're having not seen the final version, you know, but it looks, it looks very promising. Mm -hmm. I'd like to, I'd like to go take it for a ride. I like the spec sheet. I like what's telling me you're, you're absolutely right. It's, it's no more or less capable than it's, than it's counterparts. Right. Uh, you know, chicks, all the, all the objective boxes, but you're going to have to sell me on that crazy. Mm-hmm. You're like, Oh, you're going to, would you, would you get in on the I, Harley I, thing? I got to become a Harley <laughs> Davidson rider. I got to be a bar and shield guy. And I think Shaheen, the, the biggest mistake of this bike is it's the first bike to come out in Harley Davidson's like non cruiser. You think that's lineup. a mistake? I do. I think I, it's a big, bold step, man. I think it's a big, bold statement, but I think, I think you had to boil the frog a little bit more on this because <laughs> you look at the, uh, the 1250 cruiser. I forget what they're calling it. I don't know, but that thing looked hot. It looks hot. That's the thing. Like it's got the same motor. Yeah. It looks like I'm not a cruiser guy and I'm sitting there going like, fuck me. I might get excited that about thing, that. That thing looked hot. I, if I, I had to ride a cruiser, I that think was that's my the favorite part of this whole video for this yeah. the 30 minute video. I was like, what's that? Bring that back. What and was it's that got thing? the high pipe. Yeah. And then you're like, you're Scrambler sitting there and you're like, and yeah, you're like, man, that looks really good. It's kind of like when Honda built an Africa twin and a rebel with that motor in it. <laughs> yeah. Kind of. I mean, uh, no, I don't know about that. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're, you're down the right path, but like we went, we took a left somewhere. Um, but you look at that and be like, that would have made sense. Okay. Big burly motor, 150 horsepower, water, cool, blah, 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 performance right. cruiser. That looks, looks cool. Still has a little heritage thing going on. All right. Yeah. No. Yeah. I get that. That's you. That's what the V rod should have been. Like, that's like, l- I get you weaning you slowly. Yeah. You're now you're just telling me that like, maybe I have a penicillin allergy. Okay. 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 Yeah, cool, interesting, cool. interesting. And then the next bike that comes out is, you know, what was, what should have been the Bronx. And the, let's assume they got that bike right and didn't put the 950 motor in it. And you'd be like, Oh, Oh, something a little bit, something a little bit more sporty. Right. Oh, well, that's interesting. Well, maybe, maybe I don't need to get that measles shot after all. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. But, but people would have bitched. Ah, it's a street fire with only yeah, 150 yeah, but, horsepower. But, but you build that bridge, you build yeah, that bridge, yeah, just tease yeah. a little bit. And then, then you go adventure bike and be like a full anti-vaxxer, you know, not like, Oh yeah, no fuck, fuck vaccines. I just, I'm going to chew like fish oil and, you know, mercury and i'll be cured no big deal you're like what's her what's her who's that celebrity gwyneth paltrow goop <laughs> that non like steam steam my vagina and call it even <laughs> that's a cure and you know i don't know i it feels like they 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 they're leapfrogging it i think you're I, I understand what you're saying but i also as someone that you know helps run a business this here is the leapfrog you're talking about is them like doing it this little by little idea but their idea that this is going to sell because there's a market currently that's that's demanding you know adventure touring bikes, and this is going right gobsmack right in the middle of that market. Those other bikes that you're talking about, they're neat, but they're just like a couple here, a couple there. Whereas this is going to be in the thousands, hopefully. This will hopefully do what the Lightning couldn't do. Well, yeah, right. Um, 
Is that what it's called? Lightning? No, the light something. I know what you're saying. Yeah. I, know, I know what you're talking about. I've already forgotten the model's name. That's fucked, dude. <laughs> we're so... We're so... <laughs> The, the the live wire yeah also i'm really <laughs> upset that they didn't name this thing the dirt boy because they already have the fat boy yeah this should have been the dirt boy dirty boy yeah dirty boy dirt boy dirt glide that's dirt what it glide. Was. oh dirt glide would have been even better dirt glide <gasps> harley rename it now you're, you're welcome send send the finder's fee this way if you're gonna name it a harley name it a dirt glide i'll give you i'll give you this thing and this this is where it makes kind of like some sense in my mind how many how many bikes did harley davidson sell last year it was like one hundred eighty thousand, right something like that close to it you pull off i don't know what percentage you make up a make up a number in your head one percent yeah sure two thousand units that's, that's in the big, u.s which is tick. not too shabby no you know they're gonna for, sell more for, than that. for 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 uh first entry first non-cruiser right you know this segment that's already pretty saturated what they need to do is remind people that there is also a humongous Harley dealership dealership network. network. Yeah. That's, That's a what big I'm seller for this. The force multiplier that is Harley Davidson, the the existing customer base, the dealership network, right. the worldwide distribution. There is a little bit of like you flip a switch and something pretty significant happens. Mm-hmm. Like you could sit here and be like, oh, you know, I don't know about this bike selling, but it's like even if it was like a mediocre response, a mediocre response on that big of a base is still a significant number. And so I'm kind of curious, like I'm really curious to see what what's going to shake out with this. I'm going to repeat what I said several showing shows ago in that what Harley needs to make sure is that their their regional management team goes out to the dealerships and helps them learn the language behind this sort of motorcycle. Uh, one of the things that's going to help them with that as I believe they are the bike supplier to rawhide okay. and they're, they're, they're doing part of that with like learning to ride adventure bikes right, on right. Harley Davidson's. And I want to say there's dealership stuff that's going to be related to that. I can't remember Send your salespeople there. Yeah. Teach right? them that stuff. Get into it, man. This is, this is not about, I mean, they're, didn't they, I mean, they've, I think actually partnered up with Revit as well and getting some suits and stuff like that made. So all the apparel was partnered with Revit, right? So you know, that's that's one of the things like someone was like talking like some smack about it on on Instagram and I was sitting there going like no that's Revit gear yeah that's, that's gonna be good gear. gear that's gonna be good gear and I Are, guarantee you those 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 hard parts you know I recognize a couple of those brands they're kind of GVish or there's they're they're partnering with the usual players yeah, like this yeah. isn't gonna be I I do think they're doing all the things they need to do right. I don't have any any real faults on any like oh oh right there right, that's the right. thing that's gonna show that you're not a real bike. I just I think the biggest issue is going to be the brand, but um, to their credit, they do seem to be doing what Ducati didn't in terms of just market the fucking thing, positioning the bike, <laughs> getting it out there, and and putting it in the places to show like, hey, no, we we can do this too. Correct. Take take us seriously the next time you're in the showroom because we can do this too. We're talking about it. The Ducati. I mean, I'll, I'll never forget when I went to the 2019 Touratech Rally Northwest which is three years after the Multistrada Enduro had been introduced. And people were looking at me as if I had made a custom Ducati. Like, no, this is a thing you buy at dealership. I just put knobbies on it. I put tractor tires on it. That's the biggest difference. You partnered with uh, Tractor I, Yeah, tractor I, Co. I, I partnered with Motaz by paying them retail for their tires. <laughs> <laughs> you need to get those on freebie? Just, fuck, dude. You paid money for those things? I did. Oh, I paid real talk. money for them. We got to talk. They're really good. I really like them a lot. You're a crazy person. 
The best part is I'm buying a 170 horsepower V4 fire breather and I'm thinking about putting those tires on there like I don't know you. Man, way to way to learn how to be like a proper runner, do years and years of experience, you know, working out and exercising and giving it all up and then buying a pair of I don't know, sandals to do it in. <laughs> just I got some rainbow sandals. Yeah. Just, uh, I'm just going to wear these. They're fine. They're uh these are they're called Crocs. Oh, uh, you get those finger toe ones. <gasps> I don't know what they're called, but every time I see them, I don't know why I squirm a little. They're called awesome is what they're called. They're badass. I made fun of them until I moved here to the Pacific Northwest and jumped in some lakes and it's just full of rocks. I'm like, those shoes would have saved me not lose that nail. There's other shoes that don't look, make you look like a lunatic that do that too, though. Eh, but what's the fun in that? Mm. Mm. I mean, if I look from one side of the street to the other, it looks flat to me. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, in conclusion, <laughs> in summation, <laughs> in summation, <laughs> I think it's a very interesting motorcycle, and I don't mean that in a facetious way. I truly think they've done their homework, their marketing, although eye-rollingly, the Harley um, was smart. It made people look at it. It made people talk about it. I, like my Facebook was just full of that. It was like Harley Davidson Day on my Facebook. That that vi- that video wasn't for you and I. That no, video it wasn't. was for some gray beard who's on his fourth Dynaglide. My dad, my dad watched the whole thing with me, and he was like, "That's looks, that's really cool." I was I like, f- oh, "Fuck, I'd fuck Jason Momoa Jesus too." Christ, Dad. <laughs> that's fair. No, I'm right there with you, man. Um. It's funny though. My dad, who doesn't really know much about motorcycles, because he has this is a guy who used to ride dirt bikes before I was born. He just hasn't been in the industry at all for the last 40 years. And even for him, he was like, that looks like Harley's copying your motorcycle. I'm like, that is correct. That is exactly. It's not my motorcycle, but that style of motorcycle. Correct, Dad. The uh, adventure fad has been going strong. Yeah. Like, like I, I use the, the word fad almost like facetiously because it's. It's kind of here to stay. Yeah. Whereas like the, the cafe racer hipster thing. Right. That was very fad. much, very much a fad. Right. Like we're, we're pretty much on the that tail was, end we, of that. We, we milked that cow for as hard as we could. I don't know what the one show is going to do when the the pandemic is over. Just but full of adventure touring bikes. Truthfully, like lately it's been more, 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 more dirt bikes. I mean, Walt Siegel brought his, you know, adventure bike out there and everybody stopped to st- stare at that thing. Yeah. Well, you know, come on. I mean, yeah, that's true. The guy could literally shit in the corner and be like, look at that beautiful shit. Look at that. That's like chili con carne. Like that guy, that guy eats proper food. He's listening right now. I'm just going like, you guys are idiots. You guys suck. <laughs> I don't shit. I don't shit. I have Walt Siegel. I've, Somebody I shit, shit for in me. 30 years. I'm Walt fucking Siegel. <laughs> I just, it, it stays inside me. I make it into a diamond and I put it on a motorcycle yeah, later. You're welcome. It's, a, it's the screen on your TFT dash. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you think it's so uh, high res? I'm going to get an email about that. You're so going to get something about it. <laughs> All my all my <laughs> dreams and plans of meeting him one day are just gone right then. He invited us out. He invited us out. Did he really? Yeah. Just to look at us and go, you two suck. Get just, out of here. Like, like, come watch the leaves change colors. <laughs> uh, such a fan of that guy. The dude's a true artist. He's Someday a, I'll be able to afford one. I don't think so. He's okay. I'll just keep staring at his bikes from afar. He's all right. Busy uh, buying Stratus. Yeah. Good bike. I'm, yeah. inter- I'm interested. I hope it does well. I hope people remember that there's a huge dealership network and these people have clearly been doing their homework. It looks like the engine basically has no valve adjustment intervals ever. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure they'll have some bonkers nine or 10,000 mile oil change interval on it and the Michelin tires that they 
partnered up with Michelin probably never have to be changed ever. Okay, that last part's a lie. But <laughs> I like my my colleague David Emmett who's like, why can't we get it with a belt? <laughs> 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 You're such a curmudgeon with chains. <laughs> uh, no, um, I, I think they did. Got a yeah. Slow clap it off for him. Slow like, clap. That's they get a they get a poetry yeah. snap from me. Meh. Um, very curious to ride it. I think we'll be riding it. Oh yeah, co- when is that going to be? Uh, a couple months or something. Well, that's impressive. Yeah. So this is going to be a 2022. Uh, no, they're calling it a 2021. All right. And it's just kind of a late arrival. All right. You know they do, they do as they do. I don't think the pandemic was helping anything on on getting bikes out on time. Well, that's why it's called the uh, Harley Davidson pandemic. The oh, pandemic. Pan America. Pan America. Still should should have been called Dirt Glide. Dirt Glide. It's really. not too late, guys. You haven't released the bike I mean, yet. Come on. That's perfect. That's perfect. Uh, if somebody buys this and doesn't change its dirt glide, I'll be really upset. Yeah. Just, just put the sticker on there. Dirt glide. In the same exact font where it says street glide. I'll, I'll make this promise to you. That'll at least get mentioned once in my review. Oh, I hope so. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, what else you got? <laughs> uh, Buell is back. I, are you sure you're not? I mean, it's what is today? This is February 24th. You're way early on your uh, yeah. your April Fool's joke. Yeah. Is this, but I mean, you've been known to be really elaborate about it. Like, is this, are you starting now? I have actually contemplated doing it in a super elaborate April Fool's that's over like three months long. I, I know that's your, sh- that's you know, your that, that That is, this is right in my wheelhouse. And I'm having done an April Fool's joke about Buell motorcycles. It wouldn't surprise me if that's just them rickrolling me right now. Like just trolling the bear. Like, listen, Eric Buell is just sitting in his office, just just being like, "Oh, I can't wait to get this fuck." Yeah. Well, to be to be clear, because there's been a lot of misinformation about this, Eric Buell is not a part of this Buell motorcycles revival. Yeah, that's what they want you to know, think. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, this is part you, of the elaborate plan. conspiracy, right? Are you dating Jenny McCarthy? Because <laughs> <laughs> your my reality is just just warping right now, Shane. <laughs> Jenny told me that the Motaz tire is the best tire to put on any any motorcycle ever, and get your vagina steamed. To get no, that was that was, was my Gwyneth other girlfriend, Gwyneth. Gwyneth, yeah, she's she's fucking crazy. And I, t- I kept trying to tell her I don't have a vagina. Why would you buy something from a company called Goop? Like just it rhymes with poop. Why would you buy it? Like I just uh, buy this poop from Goop. Whatever. Uh, I do, I digress. So this thing's so it's not going to be called an EBR anymore. It's going to be back to being called a Buell again. So this is oh. so understand. Uh, Buell Motorcycles goes out of business. Harley Davidson retains the Buell name uh-huh. as intellectual property, sells all the physical assets to a company called Liquid Asset Partners, and their business is basically buying bankrupt company stuff and then selling it at auction and, you know, buying the lot and then selling the pieces and making money. Right. Um, fast forward a little bit. Eric Buell Racing gets started. EBR. They they do their whole swan song and failure. Liquid Asset Partners buys all of that. <laughs> I feel like Liquid Asset Partners just in the back like, all right, here we go again. Yeah, I mean, they're kind of like the go-to guys. Um, and what they did was kind of interesting. So after EBR kind of imploded, they had all the parts, and they actually had some bikes that were pretty close to being complete. Hmm. So they just hired like a couple uh, you know, people, I think, off the assembly line and just kept churning out you know, like a dozen or so bikes a year or whatever. And they've just been kind of doing that for a while like ebr really? has technically not gone out of business 
They're just in like this little nook oh, of yeah, the warehouse. Oh, yeah, they're making like the carbon fiber track bike. Yeah, they do some things. I mean, like, right. like to say that they're a manufacturer, like a full-blown manufacturer with all that stuff is is pretty unfair. I don't think they actually have any dealer network whatsoever. They're literally selling a handful of bikes a year. But it's it's been it's been it's been on that simmer. You know, right. the burner's been turned down really low. The water's just kind of simmering, but it's the water's in the pan. Keeping it warm, you know? So I guess Harley Davidson, uh, part of this leadership shakeup is finally like, hey, let's we are not doing anything with this Buell name. Let's just sell it. And uh Liquid Asset Partners is like, yeah, we'll buy that. So <laughs> they're they, gonna sell the B and then the E yeah, and right? then the U later on and the double L's. Well, now their intention is to to start Buell motorcycles again. I mean, they're using the existing kind of EBR setup. In fact, their first three bikes are the three bikes that EBR was working on, which were not. Well, you know, I was gonna get there, Shaheen, but right, yeah, okay. you know, like remember, I worked at a Harley shop. We had these things there. <sighs> you know, like that's. I'm in the process of writing this this story uh, about this right now for the Anar Pro readers. Uh, it'll come out actually the same time this podcast does. Will Buell Nation thrive again? Well, it's just it's called it's called the foolishness of of restarting Buell motorcycles because like like you just you just said one of the big items. It's like okay, let's let's ignore the fact that those are now like seven or eight year old motorcycle designs, right? But when they came out, they were not good. Like compared to the other mm. bikes on the market of that time, these were not good bikes. Right. And now almost a decade has gone by. It's not like they got better. It's not like a bottle of wine. It's not like Just Jenny McCarthy had a chance to settle a little bit. <laughs> You know, the chain lubricated itself through time. Yeah. You just sit there and you're just like, God, I mean, God, I got on a Buell 1190 RX. Now, mind you, I've already been banned by by Eric Buell from ever riding one of his motorcycles. So that was a, an endeavor in its own to get on one. <laughs> but I just remember starting it up and you like, like just so like, like american where i have to like click like five times yes i agree to use this dash yes i agree to use traction control yes i agree to use abs like 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 really like how many how many warnings and how many like waivers do i need to sign before i can ride this motorcycle and then like the fit and finish was just so shitty yeah it felt like a startup like a startup company motorcycle i mean like give the guy credit and then i actually say this in the in the in the in the article the last the last section is called the greater fool and Eric Buell is by far the greatest, the greatest fuel, the greatest fool of all the fools in the motorcycle industry because, you know, he just has these crazy ideas and he just doubles down on them. But you have to appreciate the, tr- the effort in trying. You have to appreciate the willingness to go a different way with things. Right. And like, that's really a commendable thing. Like, I, I really appreciate a lot of like, hey, you made your own fucking motorcycle company and you've got your crazy ideas out there and you're. You're going to fucking try it, man. You're going to go out. You're doing the thing you're doing, and that's a hell of a lot more than a lot of people do. So, you know, yeah, slow clap it for that. Yeah. But like, these are bad ideas. These are bad motorcycles. And now it's like a decade later, and you want to do all the things, and we're about to go into a recession. I'm like, really? You want to restart Buell? Like, do you think Eric is sitting in the background going, good luck? No, totally. Because Eric's at a company called Fuel, F-U-E-L-L. That's right, e-bike thing. And they're working on electric motorcycles. That's right. It's, which also have crazy ideas of his, but at least they make a little bit more sense now. Um, and I think he's just like, yeah, yeah, go. They're going to have the battery in the frame. Hear me out. 
It's like fuel in the frame. Oh my God. Uh, there's so many. There's Actually, just so many. Excited. I mean, that's what they're doing. There's so much. many things. Just God bless them. That's all I'm saying. Gosh um, darn it, Jack. Um, so the plan is to make like 10 motorcycles by the next two years, three years. Two, three years. Yeah. Okay. And like, I think there's four different engine platforms. They're making like dirt bikes and small bikes and medium sized bikes and naked bikes and super bikes and there's going to be an adventure bike that they call a super tour which okay. which i'm 99.9 percent sure is the ebr 1190 ax which is a bike that was announced but never shown i remember that so the i did a story on it because we have some of the rent they're showing some of the renders on the website and it looks it looks like the EBR 1198 AX because that bike was built off the same. So you have to back it up a little bit. It's built on that 1190 platform, right? Which comes from first there was 1190 RS, which was like a $40,000 carbon fiber, basically a race bike, which is kind of a cool bike, right? Uh, you could pick one up um, for a while. There's a lot of new ones still out there and you can pick them up for like 25 grand. And you're like, not one to say like bikes are good investments, like collector wise, but I feel like that was one of them. Yeah. Um, and then they made the RX, 1190RX, which was a more approachable consumer version, but it was like 18 grand at the time. Right. And no one was really, only Ducati was like 18 grand at that time. Um, and then they built the Street Fighter, which was the 1190SX. And that was like truly the super bike without fairings. Mm-hmm. It's, it made the same, they didn't change the motor at all. It was still 180 horsepower and all those things. And I have a feeling if we'd ever saw the 1190AX, the adventure bike, it would have been a 180 horsepower adventure bike. I think they would have just taken that Street Fighter model, put fairings and a windscreen and high bars on it, That's and it. called it done. Best of luck, everyone. Um, which just, I mean, that was the thing with the Street Fighter is like, there's a reason you see like a company like Aprilia take a 200 plus horsepower RSV4 motor and make it only have 175 horsepower or whatever it is off the top of my head in the Tuono. Right. And it's not like a detuning. It's, it's literally like a cam profile. It's like, we're going to move the torque curve, you know, down the RPM band. So there's more power where you use it. And that was one of the issues with the 1190 SX. So it's like, yeah, there's really nothing below. No, I mean, like to wind it up a bit. That motor was a but pretty boy, good, that thing hit hard. It's a pretty good motor, but like, just like, do you remember if, it, if that was still a Rotax motor? So it's based off. And this is this is fun. It's based off a Rotax motor. They basically bought Rotax motors, fiddled around with them a little bit, and then called it an EBR motor, and then said it was made in America. Okay. And you're like, well, reassembled in America. Like ninety percent of that motor was born in Canada and right. other places, and then it came to America, and then you kind of like, eh, like I mean, it was it was baptized in America. I mean, it meant like made in North America. Yeah, even then, I don't know how much of that's actually true. Um, someone, someone with better Rotax knowledge probably is screaming at the the computer right now. But yeah, I mean, come on, is it gonna have those crazy brakes on it still? Yep. God damn it! Have you ridden those, those things hard? Y- yeah, they stood the bike right up. They just, I mean, it, <laughs> they make sense on a street bike, especially a non hundred eighty horsepower street bike. Right. Like if you like, I've got a single disc on my Kramer. Perfect, perfect setup. The setup for a for a middleweight, lightweight bike, single disc, absolutely. Big ass single disc. 
uh, on a race bike of this size and this much horsepower. Horrible idea. And like they were warping rotors all the time. Like the uh, race teams, like a great example was when EBR went racing the world Superbike, and they showed up with an 1190 RS with all the stupid Buell shit on it, the ZTL rotor and the fuel in the frame and all the, all the other bullshit. And, uh, the bike really sucked. It was really bad. They were like eight seconds off the pace. Jeez. And then finally, like the team was like, Hey, like, we should probably the only way we can improve is by getting rid of some of these. Like they started putting first, they put the dual normal Brembo dual disc setup on it. And then they built their own fuel tank that went under the seat. And they started like getting rid of all the things that made a Buell a Buell. And the bike started performing a lot better. <laughs> and you're like, Oh, that's really interesting. How, how, how weird. That's really awkward. But yeah, they're still doing the ZTL eight piston caliper perimeter brake disc thing. That makes no sense whatsoever. It was a super cool idea. You know, I, I get what he was doing with it. It's just, it's too much heat and it's, it's trying to do too much. I agree. Um, I think that was a cool idea on a lightning 900 or something, you know? Yeah. You know, like a 60 horsepower twin bike on Ulysses or something like that. You're like, okay. Yeah. You know, like 120 horsepower bike sure makes a ton of sense. 100 horsepower bike makes a ton of sense. Why not on these things? That's what that that looks like a modern Ulysses is what you're looking at. Yeah. That 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 Buell AX AX 1190AX looks like a and that's I kind of like it, Gene. It's very Mad Maxi. I feel like the Ulysses was before its time. I think you're right. You know, like that bike came out before adventure bikes were really a thing and that was the thing like people were like I hear people now like, "Oh, Ulysses original adventure bike." Well, still 17s. Yeah. Yeah. Slow slow, slow down for shit. <laughs> but Buell was on to something like that. Like that if that adventure, was given more time. Original adventure bike. Uh, that's the KLR thinks. <laughs> I don't know. They could, they could do something interesting with that. The superbike and the Street Fighter, those are dead on arrival. Those uh, are absolutely dead on arrival. Unless they're going to be able to price them at $12,000 or something like that. Unless there's just some bargain basement pricing on those. I mean, they might. At this point, all the machinery is paid for. Right. That would be a hell of a thing. They come out with a twelve thousand dollar, one hundred eighty horsepower twin. Everybody would be like, "Well, fuck." Okay, how do you argue against that? Mm, yeah, you know, it's funny. Like they, the some of the dealers uh, I've been hearing that are listed on Buell's website, and they're like, "We didn't know we were a dealer." <laughs> Just uh, so that's the thing. Like, they're going to start from scratch. There's a lot of bad will. Oh yeah, in the space with this name and with these dealers. Like, like I, I wrote a story. I think it's in our pro story. Like talking about the toxicity of this name like in a way i feel like they're almost better off calling it bob's motorcycles because <laughs> like the buell name just carries with it a very bad taste in the mouth for a lot of riders and yeah there's a pretty rabid loyal group of, of followers yeah all 40 of them are amazing that's the thing like we we saw uh, that's the thing shaheen we saw how many of them showed up for ebr right and it wasn't enough no and now time has marched on. We've moved on as a society. Like, I can't see even the same number of people showing up again. I'm sure somebody listening right now is probably screaming at the, whatever they're listening to this at, saying, wow, that was bad representation by the dealerships, blah, blah, blah. And yeah, that's fine. I, I agree with that. But that's still part of the history and it's still there, right? Harley at some level, someone's going to say Harley's the, the company that really fucked Buell to start out with fine. Be that as it may, 
it never recovered. They, Eric never was able to bring it back in any rock solid way. He went right back to being sold at Harley dealerships. Like it was just this shitty relationship that couldn't be bothered to be over with. I remember when they brought him to our shop, everybody there was like, why, why is this happening? Why is this here? And I was the only person that was excited about it because I was the only sport bike rider at the Harley shop. And so it was cool to have him there, but they sat there forever. So something struck me. I saw, uh, the guys at Revzilla got like the exclusive with, with the Buell announcement. Right. And they sat down and they did a interview with Bill Melvin, who's the head of, uh, liquid asset partners. He's the guy who's the driving force behind this Buell resurrection. He's the new CEO of Buell motorcycles. And I was, what caught me was there was one part of the interview. I thought that was, that was pretty good. And they're talking about the super touring. And if I can just pull out the quotes for you, Bill Melvin says the super touring bike is super exciting. Okay. Let's skip that. Uh, it's got some really (laughs) distinct features. I think it's going to be exciting for people to see. I mean, it's tough. It's mega fast bike. This bike can go head to head with a Ducati Multistrada. And to their credit, Revzilla goes, well, you know, the, the Multistrada is a very sophisticated motorcycle with unique features like adaptive cruise control. Can a startup company compete in areas like Rider Aid Electronics? Fair point. Uh, and the guy responds, we are working on advancing our Rider Aids, but this is more of a rider's bike. This doesn't have all the features that are more for a mid-level rider. These for are for advanced riders. Did they also buy Motus? <laughs> no. I mean, it sounds familiar. It's just really like, I just sat there and I just remember reading that. I'm just like, but do advanced riders want your bike? Yeah. That's the thing, do they? You know, like because an advanced rider is gonna want to have some cool shit to talk about at some point too. This isn't like, like this isn't like the nineties where your dad, when you just start riding, be like, well, "If you can't kick it, you shouldn't ride it." Like, dude, we're way past that shit. Advanced advanced rider aids and all that stuff is standardized items now on motorcycles. Kind of the name of the game. It is. It's the thing. You you can't suddenly come out with a. I mean, I, I realize this is over exaggerating, but you can't come up with a carbureted vehicle and be like, "This is a new thing." And only people that really get it were going to buy it. Like, yeah, you're right. All 20 of those people are going to be way into that thing. But the rest of the population, no thanks. It's funny you brought up Modus because I don't think I ever heard Brian and Lee actually say that about their bike. But that that was their bike in a sense of like, yeah. here is a very burly 150 horsepower. Just a power Like that bike scared the shit out of me when I rode it. Yeah. That has no rider aids whatsoever. It's it's like my Street Fighter where it's like it's you and the machine man and this is a machine that will spit you yeah, up. Like and you better eat be on your A game on that bike. Yeah, you need to be you need to be a, like you said, an advanced rider. But part of their problem was the riders that could ride that bike, the advanced riders, right. or just any rider in general, was shelling out tons of money for a bike that didn't really have any of the features right. that other bikes at that price point also had. And when I read, or when, well, I read it, but now I've just said it. Uh, when I read that quote and that that response from from Bill Melvin, I was sitting there going like, "I'm like, you're right. There are advanced, you know, quote unquote, advanced riders that aren't looking for a bunch of rider rides that aren't looking for all the whistles and bells and adaptive cruise control. The problem is they're not looking for a twenty or thirty thousand dollar motorcycle. No, they're looking for a ten thousand right. dollar Super Tenere, ten, you know, T seven or they're KLR. For value for that money. Yeah, they're looking for something that's like this is this is this bike is a razor. It has nothing that I don't need, 
and and the price tag comes with it like this is a ten thousand dollar motorcycle and if i crash it in a tree and it falls down a cliff and it blows up into a pile of you know smoke okay i used it i used yep. it to its full extent i'll right. go buy another one right i'm not going to take my thirty thousand dollar my twenty thousand dollar ducati you know down that ravine because it's too pretty to, to crash but i'll crash the shit out of my tenere mm-hmm. and that's where i said i'm just like you don't understand the market what if ooh, you don't understand what where motorcycling a, is now what if they did like a kit bike it's like you build it yourself kind of like a like a kit f- f- cobra you get to have like a super high power American kit vehicle that you built yourself and then fuck it. It doesn't have any of that cool advanced stuff, but you got to have an experience. You and your kid got to bond together in the garage and put this Buell 1190 RX kit together. Yeah. I mean, I think <laughs> I'm I reaching. Think, I'm reaching. I, I think it's them. so romantic, but I think, you know, how you sell those, you sell like five. Right. Um, I don't know. Like I sit here and I just think like, I don't think you understand the market. I don't think you understand what the market is now. Maybe we're saying all of a sudden it is going to be a $10,000 bike. Maybe. Right? Because that, if that happened, we'd be like, whoa, okay, well, that's a game changer now. I mean, that that would be what it's worth. The thing that was always interesting to me when Buell went out of uh, business, I always kind of had a soft spot for the 1125 yeah. range. This, especially weird the, ones, yeah. Especially the CR, not right, the R. right. And but they was like I was like they're not worth I forget what it was like thirteen fifteen thousand dollars on the highway a couple couple of nights ago I was like whoa I yeah. haven't seen that in a long time but when Buell went belly up and dealers were having to like liquidate that shit right they were going for like five six grand and there was like a moment I was like well for five or six grand yeah totally I get worth on, it I get on one of those warranty totally. or not that that's not think twice about it that'd be kind of a cool bike to have right. for five grand and that'd be the same thing where like I sit there and like. I would never buy an 1190 RX. It wasn't worth the 18 grand when it came out. It just wasn't. It right. wasn't anywhere near that. There's some interesting things about it. It's the right now would be the only V twin superbike on the market, which is interesting. Yeah. But and maybe that that adds to the appeal. But it, it's it's nowhere near the level of the bikes that are out now. It, it was never at the level when the bikes that were out when it when it came out. Mm-hmm. But if you said, "Yeah, Jensen, there's a superbike for 10 grand." It would and it would literally have to be ten grand because for fourteen grand I can go get a Jixer and be pretty happy. Yeah. So it really has to be like I was gonna say twelve and I was like I don't know about twelve maybe uh, ten. Ten makes me jump. Right. Twelve I'm gonna like. Fourteen's a no go. Ten I bet a lot of buyers would run to that bike and I, if they can do that. I don't know how they do, but they do have a stockpile of parts and, and right. a bunch of bullshit. It's already paid for. They bought it for pennies on the dollar. Yeah, I mean, have fun with it. They did buy it for pennies on the dollar. Like, it's like if you can do it, maybe. But I don't. I don't I don't know. I don't know. I'm so, I'm so jaded and so just not. I want to, I want the both of us to be like, holy shit, they did it. <laughs> That's like, that would be an amazing 2022 story. Buell motorcycles are out and I'll be damned. 9999. <laughs> you know, like, I loved, I love being wrong. I, I mean, as a person that hates being wrong, I love being wrong because that means something majestic has happened. Right. <laughs> I just, I don't know, man. I look at that and I'm just like, there's a whole lot of just, you're the greater fool. You're the guy who's holding the bag. You know? He no longer is. He's done. He's done over it. This is wherever this, this company is. That's these what I'm guys. saying. Like, like Bill Melvin and, 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 right. and the new, the liquid asset partners and the new Buell, they're the greater fools. They're holding the bag. 
We need people like them. Our country was founded on the backs of people like them. Right. On hope and dreams. It's it's a romantic idea, but it's also like like it's also kind of like the first guy that gets out of the <laughs> out of the trench in World War One. Right. Like, well, you're a goner. <laughs> Just ping. Oh, don't go that yeah. way. You're definitely gonna be the first one getting shot. Like everyone else, <laughs> maybe get shot. You're definitely getting shot. Oh man, that's a terrible. I don't know why I'm laughing at that analogy. That's kind of a bad analogy, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> shouldn't be laughing. But see, like at the all. person came to my mind. Like who's just like it's just cat. You're the cannon fodder. I guess that's right. the point I'm trying to make. Right. You're like the business cannon fodder, and everyone's sitting there going like, "Good luck to you. You're gonna have a really hard time. You're gonna. You're gonna. It's gonna hurt a lot. But uh, we want to watch you do it. Uh, the, I think you can. You got this. But maybe they do some culture. They say they want to make an electric bike. They say they want to do some dirt bikes and small displacements. Um. <laughs> I'll believe it when I see it. Uh, no dealer network, no real talk about how they're going to finance it. Well, I it, mean, it, it costs like a hundred million dollars to bring a motorcycle may, business to market. Right? Maybe they just, maybe they just pick dealers on their own and be like, Oh yeah, no, you are. Motocorsa is a Buell dealer. I'm not. I don't yeah. remember signing that agreement. <laughs> they send oh. it to you like cash on delivery. <laughs> <laughs> just 10 bikes show up to the shop. What are these? Oh, you sell these now. Uh, what? <laughs> uh, maybe they do pop-ups. It's just all online sales. You know, maybe, Maybe that's the thing. Maybe they they find some new business model that doesn't involve dealers and it's shipped direct to customer and, you know, maybe fucking disrupt it. Something crazy. It's a market right for disruption, Shaheen. That sure is. We've been saying that for a long time now. We'll see. Time will tell. Um, I think this is going to end in tears, but time will tell. (laughs) Prove me wrong. I love to be wrong about this. I would love to be wrong about this. Like, (laughs) it'd be awesome if Buell came back and was like a real motorcycle company and kicked ass. Like, that'd be awesome. I just be like Indian. I mean, Indian sort of had the same issue. They came and went a couple of times and then suddenly they came and stuck around. Yeah, Polaris but it took like, like 50, 60 years for that. This feels too soon. We haven't gotten like the dead, the radioactivity, the this, half-life this, of, of, of the bullshit. It's, hasn't, not, it's not six years? Has it's gone away yet. Yeah. Uh, um, it's too, everybody still remembers that. You need to get to the point where people don't remember. The next generation of buyers and writers need to see a Buell and go, wow, have you ever heard of this new brand called Buell? The only thing I'm excited about is this AX. I'm like, eh, we can kind of get into that. That kind of looks good. It's like what the it's like what a modern Ulysses should be, right? And the U- Ulysses is definitely before its time, and I don't think Buell really knew what he had with that. And like, maybe this could be like a good version of that. But then Shaheen, this is the final story I was going to okay. get to today. Then you see a bike like the KTM 1290 Super Venture R, <sighs> and it comes out, and you're like. Does it come out though, Jensen? Not in America. Right. All of our European friends are going to have it in like two weeks or whatever. Is there a reason? Do we know why it's not coming to the US? The The reasoning is, uh, so first of all, all of the new 1290 models, which is the Super Duke GT, the Super Adventure R, the Super Adventure S, and maybe even the Super Duke RR, mm-hmm. which we have yet to see yet. Well, we haven't seen the GT either, but those are two two bikes to keep your eye out for. Those aren't coming to the U.S. because there's just too many damn 1290 models sitting on dealership floors. They've, no kidding. They've just had a, they just didn't sell a lot of those during the pandemic. Uh, not as many as they were hoping. And KTM wasn't willing to like pump the brakes on its new model releases and just said, like, all right, we just won't bring them to the U.S. I can't for the life of me imagine why they weren't selling these things well in the dealerships because they were priced very well and they're very capable motorcycles. You know, it's funny, like. I talked to one dealer and they were telling me, well, no one wants to buy a $18,000 giant adventure bike. Those don't, those don't sell. And I was like, don't tell Ducati. Don't tell BMW. Don't tell BMW that. that. (laughs) Don't tell Honda. Like 
this is a KTM problem. I'm yeah. not saying that this dealer is wrong in their assessment, but it's it's not as big as that. This is a KTM issue. For some reason, KTM in America is still very much a dirt bike brand. Correct. And there's a lot of their dealer network that really struggles to sell their street bikes, whether it be a Super Duke, a Super Adventure. It's those 1290 bikes that are just too big. I think the 790s and the 890s are yeah, they couldn't dirt, keep those in the show. They're dirt bikey enough, and they didn't really bring that many over to the U.S. to begin with. Right. That that's that's a good seller. But for some reason, the 1290s have always been tough to move. And you know, you, I, the the reason I hear a lot is it's just KTM is synonymous with being a dirt bike brand. Right. I think part of the factor too, though, is KTM North America's support for customers is not very good. I have heard I've heard some horror stories here and there. It is it is not on par with the price tag and the premium European experience that you can get from other brands, especially BMW, who knocks that shit out of the park. So they really truly do. It's like one of those things where like you see this bike, you see this the Super Venture R, and you're like, wow, that's really cool. I could either get that or I could get like a Honda Africa Twin. Or that's the I thing though, get- the Super Adventure R doesn't have that many competitors. The Africa Twin really is the only one. It's a 21 inch front wheel. I would say its competitors are all the big bikes with a 21 inch front wheel, which uh is the GSA a 21 no, inch? That's a 19. That's a 19. I'm telling you, they're all 19s except for this bike in the Africa Twin. Yeah. Yeah. So and there's a pretty big power disparity huge. between those two. I've ridden, I, my friends let me ride his bike, and it's, I truly love that bike. I think it's a phenomenal, unbelievably capable motorcycle. And for the price, it's not that bad. If you think about it, it's not that much more expensive than an Africa Twin. It's like an $18,000 bike here. Yeah. A, a fully loaded Africa Twin is? Uh, like 14? Well, I thought they were about 18 grand, 17? like the one that you have. Oh, I just fucked this up. <laughs> we were just talking about how the fully kitted out Africa Twin, I think, is 17. Yeah. But, yeah, it's 17.2. Yeah. So this uh, is, I mean. But the- you can get into an Africa Twin. For fourteen four. Oh yeah, yeah. That's, that's like when you don't get the electronic suspension and this right. like this doesn't have electronic suspension. That's fair. It doesn't, but it does have all the other electronic shit, the cruise control and all that stuff yeah, on yeah. there. I think I think the apples to apples comparison, you're probably looking at Africa Twins like about a four thousand dollar delta less. there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's that is a big difference if you're if you're wanting to have the quote unquote prestigious European experience, and if you're truly not getting it because KTM USA is lagging. Then yeah, doy, you end up buying an Africa Twin, and and knowing that you're probably having a more reliable machine, you're gonna get backed up by American Honda, which is pretty good about right taking care of things. Japanese right. Japanese do pretty good. Their dealers might be a little lackluster, but but they're there. They're there. They're all over the damn place. There's no issue with parts. There's no craziness. We're like, hey, I got my off road bike, but my airbox lets dirt in for some reason. You know, like <laughs> right. weird shit like that. And you're like, oh, what were you thinking with that? Um, I, I, the, the couple of times I've ridden this, the older version of this bike, I, um, I absolutely fell in love with it. It's just such a wildly capable motorcycle and it feels so solid when you ride it. Nothing rattles or shakes on there and it just feels like you could bounce it off of a boulder. Uh, but I mean, it is still a premium priced motorcycle. It's still an 18, $19,000 bike. That doesn't include, you know, by the time you get bags and this and that for it, right? Yeah, and by the time you get bent over for all the, like, piecemeal stuff that KTM has, like, right. oh, oh, you wanted to have turn signals. Oh, well, that's another $7,000. <laughs> My biggest beef with KTM has always been that you have to get a dongle to be able to yeah. turn off, like, 
the off road and all that. Right. Um, they did mention in the in the release, you know, there's different packages for the ABS and the rally and the info. And it's like you can see, like, yeah, yeah, whatever your price tag is, it's like two, three grand more to get the bike you actually want. But mm-hmm. I get, I get you, boo. I do like this bike. I do think it's an important bike in the market. I'm excited to see that it's getting the same updates that the S model is. I'm upset that it's not coming to the US right away. That's like a rock and a hard place. Cause like who's gonna buy a 2020 model year 1290 Adventure R now? Yeah, oh, and I saw, it's the, funny. I saw what, the new one. What's with these companies kind of relying on their diehard fans to do the thing? Like your diehard fans let those models sit around anyway. So are they just going to wait for you to hopefully have some crazy rebate so they can buy this eighteen thousand dollar bike for fifteen or thirteen grand off the showroom floor? Probably at that point. KTM North America should just bought them back from dealers and like donated them to orphan kids or something. I don't know. Orphan kids love KTM's. That's how you get them. You get them while they're young. You just got to start right then. I don't have a great solution for you on that one, but it's a tough situation. Like, like as an advocate for the motorcycle consumer. That's a shitty situation. It's it's just scary to me to think that there's enough leftover bikes and showroom floors for a manufacturer to go, nah, we're not going to import anymore. Right. Well, KTM North America has always been a little gun shy about new models and whether or not they're bringing them into the US. Even when there wasn't, you know, dealer, you know, clogs and things like that. Like, right. what was it? Like the Super Duke, the 12 Super Duke took like a year and a half to get here. The RC8 took like three or something odd years to get here. I love that bike. You know, um, to the point, like, right at that point, it's like, it's not relevant anymore. Right. So, like, we, for some reason, KTM loves doing this in the American market, and it, and it, it kind of hamstrings them a little bit. Because, like, this bike comes out, and you get excited about it, and you're like, cool, I want to go buy one. Right. But I can't. I got to wait, like, a year. I got to wait two years. Fuck it. I'll buy a Honda. I'll, I'll go buy something else. I'm yeah. going to go buy a jet ski. I'm going to go buy an RV and, like do peyote and the mojave <laughs> desert i don't know like you just that escalated <laughs> <laughs> um i i don't know i worry about that they're gonna miss the train on this whole thing because all these european luxury model brands are starting to do things like you know active cruise and blind spot monitoring and ktm's working on that shit too they've been pretty open about it yeah they've they got the bosch system right the s model has it what's funny is you look at this r bike it's got the little yeah it looks like cut the same for it and and like I don't see any mention of it in the press material, so I assume it doesn't have it. But you're just like, that's weird that it's got like the cutout. And I guess it's got the, the plate. I guess the lights just cheap enough to just manufacture a light. To be fair. To be fair. Perfect GoPro mount. Look at that. I'm, look I'm, at look at that. Wait, little, is it on this too? Look at that little oh, spot. Yeah. That is that is perfect GoPro. I made placement. that joke about our Ducati to somebody, and they're like, oh yeah. Yeah, but if you want the radar, you can't have that. Yeah, it's so. going to fuck up the radar. But this doesn't have it. So <laughs> right. it's just got, it's just, they, that's what they should call it. They should call it integrated GoPro mount. You're welcome, KTM Dude, Marketing. You are welcome. Now you can go have adventures and, and capture it so you can show your five friends that watch your YouTube channel. Let's see it. I, I have more than five friends on my YouTube channel. You do? I don't know. I don't have that many. On my personal one? No. What do I got? What do I got? Let's find out. Yeah, but how's your OnlyFans doing? OnlyFans is lit. Nice. I have seven subscribers. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably six more than I do. I only have two videos, though. I like the paint scheme, the old school purple and orange. Do you? I do. I, I, lo- I love that throwback shit. I don't like that at all. No? That looks ugly. Hmm. Give me the orange. I don't like this front fender business on the R, though. That's not an R fender. That's like an S fender. You want a little more gnarly dirt bike style fender, I think. Yeah, that's fair. 
I don't know why I, that's. The I feel one like thing that's a problem me. that gets solved with like a screwdriver pretty oh, easily. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's a. I'm sure a, a chirpist or somebody makes something that'll immediately replace that for you. Chirbies. Chirbies. Thank you. Come with the fuck here. <laughs> hey, Chirbies. <laughs> oh, Chirbies. That's a pretty cool bike. I'm bummed that it's not going to make it here this year. Maybe next year. Get your shit together, KTM. Get your shit together, KTM. They make such cool bikes, and they just kind of. They fuck it up at the last minute. You know? I would love for our European listeners that are in the industry. Like, like is, it, is it that fucked over there too? Yeah, I'm curious. Or is what there the experience is like there? Or is there poop in a group over there? Right. And it's just over <laughs> here that's an issue. What is that like over there? Please do tell us. I'm yeah. so curious. What's the experience like buying an ATM and maintaining it in Europe? with An, the, a- an ATM? An ATM. Like, is that like a... Something in the mouth? It's a all-terrain machine. All the mountain dews? All the mountains. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, Crammy. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. It's very interesting. May you live in interesting times. May we. Um, what's going on with BMW. Uh, I mean, like they keep getting their bikes recalled, but no one seems to care. They like s- they still buy them. It's a lot of bikes. It's a lot of bikes. Twenty-one thousand of them. Yeah, that's a lot. And maybe BMW is handling this better, but logistics right now is a nightmare. No matter what you're doing. Yeah, getting shit shipped. Sure, out ship shipping ships shipping ship, 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 shipping ships shipping shipping ships as sunk somewhere. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, so I'm concerned you know about what? what kind of timeline they're looking at. You know, getting all these parts to dealerships and then get fixed because i mean this means th- there's probably a bunch of motorcycles that are sort of stop sale on them at this point well these bikes the bikes that were affected by that recall uh and there's like nine models off the top of my head 11 mm-hmm. models but the model years were like 2011 to 2014 so those bikes have been out in the wild those for are, a while yeah, there's no there's no stop sales them. stop riding on that isn't there a stop sale though with bmw right now i think there's a handful of bikes that are Probably. not being able to I mean, sell when is there not a bmw right, recall the thing is though shaheen bmw handles recalls so well they take care of their customers this is this is like True. a great lesson for ktm where it's like hey i'm nodding emphatically uh we fucked up your bike take a new one out let us know <laughs> what you think maybe you'll buy it nah you say something like hey we fucked up your bike go fuck yourself so they do make a very beautiful MotoGP bike. I will say that they do. They do. Oh my gosh! Do they the ever? Te- the Tech Twa bike. Whew. Whew. I gotta say a that is one of the, the the 2019 version was probably one of the best sounding GP bikes out there. Yeah. God, that thing just sounded amazing. Yeah, and they're doing something with Kramer that I can't figure out yet. What? And no one will talk to me about. What? But I had a little. Kramer Joe won't spill, spill the beans? No, Kramer Joe. That guy's a steel guy vault. Guy won't even tell me what he's doing to my bike, let alone the other bikes. <laughs> hey, Joe, uh, what are you doing to my bike? Don't worry about it. I'll don't worry about it. You might have three extra cylinders, though. It's going to have like happens. at least seven horsepower. Don't worry about it. I'm going to give you a horsepower for every YouTube subscriber you have. I'm like, fuck. You better start getting subscribers. You better start getting some OnlyFans. <laughs> Is it right? <laughs> um, yeah, this rumor, this could go anywhere. It could be like they're partnering. It could be Kramer bikes rebadged as KTM bikes. There's a part of me that's like, because uh, I don't know if Triumph has renewed its Moto 2 contract. Oh, that was true. And, and I like, suddenly realized like, I'm like the GP2, the twin cylinders, uh, 890. Right. Like 
that's 130 horsepower. That's a full electronics package. That's a race built chassis. That's a. Can you imagine if suddenly all GP2 bikes were actually what if, Kramers? What if like Moto2 got opened up, or what if Moto2 became a Kramer spec class? That would what? be. That's the cool part of that rumor. What? Like that's totally my conjecture. Suddenly, the price of that GP2 would make perfect sense. That would make perfect sense, right? So. I mean, it's 32. Oh, okay. I get it. <laughs> that would be, it'd be a cool thing. I don't know if it's that there's something going on though. Um, those brands have very close ties. It wouldn't surprise me if they absorbed Kramer in some way. Um, if they gave more support, if there was some, some dealio, if Kramer designed a bike for KTM, um, but it all kind of stems from KTM was originally going to sell like a consumer level version of their motor GP bike. And there we're talking like a couple hundred units a year type of deal. Right. 240 horsepower something like that um ended up scrapping that idea and now want to offer something cheaper and more accessible and somehow kramer's involved with that so okay we'll see i like that that's a kind of a collaboration and get behind tbd um i will ship someone some chili though if they tell me what's going on what what it's chili's delicious guys it's worth the the beans that are in the chili to spill your beans it's pretty good pretty good pretty good with cats um i think that's it i think that's all we got is that all we have that's all i got on my thing <laughs> that's good your thing's clean oh 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 Ooh, oh one more thing but well, wait there's more just just wrapping up things because last time we were we were in the dark we were doing it by candlelight that's right we couldn't look up stuff uh so i couldn't see who our and our pro subscribers were have you had some Oh yeah, there's like six of them. What? So uh, I gotta give I gotta give a bunch nice of shout job, outs, people. Bunch of shout outs because people five. people have been doing the work. Uh, we kind of let you down this week, so sorry about that. You know, maybe you don't sign up for our Pro this week. That's yeah, okay. I mean, I'll, listen, I'll we're you. only a day late. We're like three days late. What is today? Today's Wednesday, bro. Right, we're two days late. It's usually like, on a Monday. Like maybe on metric time. It's usually on a Monday. It's gonna be like Thursday when it goes out. That's gonna be like twelve oh one midnight ish. Cause like, look at look at what time is it? It's nine thirty now. Listen, it's much like take my me. birthday, it's about the birthday <laughs> month. This is about the week. It's out and during that week. It's a weekly ish po- podcast. Even uh, Team Ann said so. Oh, that that cut to the core. Uh, we're gonna <laughs> she talk knows about what's that. Up. We're gonna talk about that later. <laughs> she and I talk every night. We're gonna talk about that. Um. See, so yeah, I, I, it wouldn't it wouldn't hurt my heart. If if you didn't feel compelled to sign up for ANR Pro because we missed we missed our weekly obligation to you, I mean we did make, but a I would still appreciate it. We did make a promise, yeah. Uh, but I do I do want to give out some shouts out to the to the six. Uh, looks like they're all gentlemen uh, who did who did answer the call. Uh, the call what was it? The call of the North. The call of the <laughs> call of the Wild. It's like a Jack London book. Uh, call of the Brap. First up is uh, Sean, who is in Austin without power and Sean, i hope it warmed up for you over there, yeah man. doing the whole thing like he was listening to our podcast about power while he had no power and he still signed up for uh in our pro he still i mean he could he could be a goner right now like the that whole apocalypse in texas could have gotten him sean if you hear this write to us on instagram and let me know you're okay, yeah, let me know you're okay. like i gotta i'm I worried about you sean you tell me you're okay all right buddy yeah i literally wrote down on my notes hope he's doing okay very concerned about you. It's just getting crazy down there. Let me know if things have thawed out. Um. So yeah. Well, I guess we could send him water if he needs it or something. I got I got heat and I got power and I got a coat of kitty. Sean, make your way here. Yep. She will not cuddle with you, but she's very cute. She's kind of cuddling. She's kind of she's kind of rocking it. Yeah. Too. Right. Let's just look at all those razor blades. Oh no! I just clipped her. I just clipped her nails. How, that hurt for you? 
No, she's actually really good about it. Really? Okay, so I can't believe I'm sharing this with you. <laughs> oh, I'm curious. This is, this is like, like I do a lot of embarrassing shit, but by far one of the more embarrassing things I will admit to, every morning, I, my, my body is a well-regulated clock. Okay. When I wake up. It is the time to go. There's things I got to do. It, there's like a, I have like a five-minute window from when I'm conscious to when I have to be on the toilet. It's a beautiful thing. It's just the way I was built. Coda Kitty's routine in the morning is within five minutes of me waking up. She needs to be sitting on my lap. <laughs> so a lot of the times our morning routine is me, you know, shitting my guts out and her curled up on my lap. Keeping you just just hanging out like yeah. just like a little like she purrs the she loudest a- she's <laughs> ever purred. <laughs> while doing like this is like her best time of the day you're a captive audience you're not going anywhere yeah she's just like just just like cuddle my ears motherfucker so i figured out that that's also the best time to clip her nails so she loves it she just eats it up brave man clipping a a cat's nails while you're pantless taking a shit you know how i shit i'm not pantsless i'm naked (laughs) i which i agree with because <laughs> i am also in that mindset I, I don't understand how you wouldn't be i don't know either Even especially at work, in your own house at work i have to like fight myself to not take all my clothes off when i'm taking a crap public toilets maybe 50 50 they have hangers yeah yeah I, yeah that's a door accidentally that's a, that's a not locked that's that would be for a hilarious story I, for somebody else definitely done that at an airport i walked into the bathroom <laughs> and this guy with grayish hair was just <laughs> just ruining the place naked <laughs> <laughs> I had a law school professor who, when he used the urinal, would just completely drop the trousers what? and underwear. Really? Yeah. So you surround his ankles. Just daffy ducking it. Amazing. And we were in a temporary building. Our law school is like under construction, like my second year. And so we're in this like temporary building. And the bathroom door, like, I don't know who designed this, but when the bathroom door to the men's room was opened, you could, from the hallway where all the classrooms are, have a clear line of sight down the entire urinal there's no buffer there's no like kink in the doorway or anything it was like a straight shot just down to the urinals what hilarious person designed that bathroom i guarantee you like people coming out of class at some (laughs) point saw this dude full drop trowel professor x's ball sack hanging low just oh my gosh anyways uh sean (laughs) hope you're doing well (laughs) sean i hope you're all right buddy (laughs) let us know man let us know let us know um next up iver What's from, his name? From, from Norway. Iver. Iver. That's amazing. Uh, he rides a street triple R and he has an Aprilia shiver and he's very upset that we were talking shit about the shiver. But I stand behind what I said, Sean. Or Iver, that's... Just, you do you, man. Yeah, man. Listen. You do you. Every pot's got a lid, Iver. It's just this particular pot's got you as a lid and you are clearly a very interesting human being. You know what I love about motorcycles is they're very unique experiences for every person. My favorite motorcycle is the bike I ride right now, all the time. And it could be that Ivor's favorite motorcycle is because of the one he's riding. I, I didn't ask if it's in Shiver 900 or if it's just Shiver oh, 750. Oh, I will or, judge if it's a 750. The 900 is not a bad bike. No. Uh, it's an okay bike. Yeah, it's okay. It's a 750. 750. <sighs> if you're right, I don't know. Ooh. You, you know, would, a Honda, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't catch a Dane on a Honda NC seven hundred. That's a, also a very exciting bike. I say facetiously. <laughs> I like the people that take the take those and put the, the adventure kits on them. They're like I have an adventure bike now. It's like Ralph Wiggum. I'm a militia. That's that's <laughs> My what I first see. Adventure bike. Yeah, it's like oh, I'm an adventure bike. I'm no, in danger. You're not, Ralph. Stop eating paste. Um, <laughs> So thank you, thank you to my fellow Scandinavian. That's awesome. I love when we have international listeners. It makes me so happy. 
I think that's what got me in trouble with Facebook, Shaheen. Probably is. Fucking international. You're you're like the League of Nations here. We're the League of Nation motorcycle nations here. Woodrow Wilson is kind of a disaster. United right. Nations. All right. United. As, as a as a former employee of the United Nations, I can tell We're you the, the shit show. Braptastic nation. The shit show is real. Yeah, man, the Braptastic nation. Oh man, I had a uh, I had a I was gonna say colleague. I don't know if a colleague is the right word. I had a person of the industry start talking a and professional like, acquaintance un un uh beknownst to them i used to work for the united nations and unprompted they got into a well this is all united nations one world order thing they're just taking us all they're gonna just take everything over and you know like just gloss over our americanness and da 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 you know like full full un one world conspiracy and i was just like whoa whoa, whoa bro <laughs> i can tell you 100 percent the bureaucracy at the united nations like there's just we're not organized enough to take the world over. We just, <laughs> we just don't have it. It's amazing. Anyways, uh, buddy Drew, he chipped in so uh, you and I can get some headlamps, Shane. Ooh. Um, I hate to tell him like I already have a, a headlamp, but so I went out and got Coda one. Wait, and it's, and it's worked out really great because you know she wears it and she'll chase the dot, like the little light dot. Amazing. And she's lost like 11 pounds because of it. That's a great way. I noticed she looks much more trim. She's very svelte. She felt there's a headlamp that I used while I was out sailing and that thing you could see for miles. I need to get, I don't remember what brand it is, but it was only like 60 bucks and it's like hardcore. I feel Her- like I could ride my motorcycle without headlights. Hardcore, without hardcore. Headlamp. Is it a Petzl? I don't remember. I got a Petzl. A Petzl? Yeah. Petzl makes good shit. Maybe. It's mighty. It's, I mean, like blind people. You start forest fires with that thing at night. We should probably talk about that. Are you sure it was a headlamp and not like a lightsaber? No, it was a headlamp. All right. Yeah. It's like lasers coming out of my freaking head. All right. Now, now, I'm, now I'm curious. I know. I got to I gotta ask my 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 buddy Ray what, what the hell brand that thing is. It's amazing. Love mm-hmm. them. Hmm. We go. We do a lot of camping. I need a good headlamp. Easy to start fires with, I think, too. That's what I want. Yeah. It gets cold sometimes. You just stare at it with your headlamp and it starts to fire. <laughs> oh man so many so many things uh ben um ben sent some emails i i don't understand what he was saying something about biff meat biff biff so biff like biff from uh, uh what was that movie about the time machine and the kid back to the future back to the future yeah, yeah. something like that <laughs> that was my description of the movie yeah. the time machine and the kid you know <laughs> So Ben, uh, I I don't know what you're trying to say to me or or what's going on. I think you're in the Portland area, but we appreciate you nonetheless uh, supporting the show. Please don't stop communicating. We're gonna try and figure it out. Cody Kitty's on our way with her headlamp. Hell yeah! And her like, oh, I should get like one of those like little pouches they always put on dogs, like they carry their own <laughs> water. Can you see her doing that? No, just Kato would just lay right down, like get us off of me. I don't care. Talk about. Yeah. Look, um, but, 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 but Ryan. Uh, I like Ryan because he's like, hey, man, I signed up because of the podcast. You guys are great. Uh, I'm not even sure I, I know how to read, so I don't know why I'm signed <laughs> up for an AR Pro account, but whatever. Is there any way to make his uh, his Internet Explorer or Chrome or Safari read it out loud to him? His Netscape Navigator? Ooh, <laughs> Firefox, bro. There is probably like a, a like blind people yeah, like a, like a reader text-to-speech text thing. Right. Yeah. That's got to be there. All right, Ryan, set that up. You're covered. It's worth it. He he writes very good words. He writes many words about many motorcycles. We got you covered like a Jimmy hat. He's got it. Yeah. He's got it. Or if you really want to, we can start a new segment on the Brap Talk where I just read the articles. You know, word for word. You say that, but 
um, Apple News actually started doing this, but I thought about it for a while of just having the stories. Just read it? Like, yeah, just Can read it. Can I do a different accent every time? I hope not. Why? Wow, that would be amazing. Would it though? Yeah, like I read it, the whole thing in a, like a Persian accent, and then I'll do one with like in a terrible Scottish accent, and then one you'll do one in an Australian accent, and the Aussies will be like, oh, mate, you knocked it out. Or however they say that. And yeah, okay. Well, I, it's something I've thought about, like a, a, like, you know, like a link at the top of the article, like, listen to this article. Dude. Because truthfully, like, you like know who's we, got it? Who, who used to do, uh, um, audiobooks? Team Ann. I think, I think Team Hannah is also trying to get into the voice acting what? gig and has done like a shop manual or something. Dude. I think we have an idea here. Oh God, Ryan! This is all because of you. We're gonna do this. We're gonna record the next thing you write. hashtag hashtag Team Ann will read it, and then writers readers will be like, "Hey man, stop doing the podcast. We're just interested in what yeah. this girl has to say." With spinoff podcast, she was hoping that this would be her podcasting. This like, is the moment. I mean, like, this, this is her. This is her, her debut. Yeah, that's her debut. She's in. Yeah, I think we figured it out. Huh? You were trying to get my dad on the podcast earlier. I was. I was. I was just like, <laughs> what I was. What I was. I was like, I want to get this fucking podcast out on time, Shaheen. Get your ass over here. Uh, I don't care. Bring your father. Bring your dog. Bring your. There's a lot of. There's a lot of whiskey involved, cat. and uh, <laughs> whatever you got to do. Just imagine uh, my dad with his very thick Persian Armenian accent. <laughs> uh, one last one. Okay. Sebastian from Petaluma. Uh, he started racing with AFM because we were talking about racing on the podcast. Dude, cool. So he's down with our, our friends in California, uh, mixing it up with them. Hell yeah. So hopefully hopefully we'll hear about his. What's Sebastian writing? Do we know? No clue. Sebastian, let us know what you're writing. Yeah, let us know what you're writing. Best of luck. That's awesome. Say hi to our, our friends there. Tell us about your experiences. Super cool. Hell yeah, man. Our people are doing things. February's almost over. March is around the corner. Yeah. It's going to be spring soon. We're going to have flowers everywhere. I'm kind of hoping I make it down to an AFM round. I'd like to do an AFM, AFM round at Thunder Hill. Should. But their season starts after ours. I need to find some track time before the Omer season starts. I figured you'd have one already set up like Chuck Waller or something. Oh, I thought, but of course I might have a track day and you guys don't have a track day until May. <laughs> so, Dude, they were sold out way in advance. I don't know how or why. I started trying to get our track days in August. I called the Ridge and they were like, neat, we're already sold out. I'm like, how the hell are you a year? And what can I get in my 2022 schedule? And they said, they've, they've got me on the books for 2022 already. Wow. Like I set us up for two at the Ridge and three at PIR for 2021. Yeah. And so I've already penciled this in for three at the Ridge for 2022. So I want to try and do three and three. Can we do another night track day at PIR? I would love that. That was right. That was super fun. Yeah. That's a that's like a good July thing because the sun sets at like yeah, 11 p.m. Yeah. Oh my God, so late. <laughs> <laughs> so late. That's one thing that kills so me. Tired. Like, I just want to take the a sun goes down at like 4 p.m. in November, but December, in, December the shortest yeah. day is 4:26 p.m. Yeah, crazy. And then like literally like 10:30 at nights, just getting still blue, still getting there. When yeah. I first moved here, I remember like I have to go to bed, I have to get up in the morning, and it's still blue out. So my body's like, no, nah, dude, another drink. It's all good. <laughs> Uh, that's it, Shane. That's all six. Well, good job, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at BrapTalk, on Twitter at WeBrapTalk. Send us holla, holla at your boy at WeBrapTalk at gmail.com. And then on the old Facebook, which luckily BrapTalk is still in the US area, I think. 
Yeah, I think so. Brap Talk Motorcycle Podcast. And then... Fingers crossed on that one. Yeah. <laughs> Asphaltrubber.com. Sign up for Pro. We'll give you a shout out. Asphaltrubber.com slash Pro. Oh. Boom. Dang, you made that easy. So easy. What? Nice. Yeah. A&R Pro membership. Um, I got all our stickers. I'm mailing those out tomorrow. Oh, nice. So we had a bunch of people. So I, I will post this. <laughs> I will post this on our Instagram probably tomorrow, but there's a link to an Etsy account <laughs> where all the stickers are at. <laughs> but we are currently working with a company to create an actual shopping page for Brap Talk slash A&R. So we can have stickers and t-shirts and cool shit like that. Bling, bling. Hell yeah, bro. Only took us like three years, but whatever. Yeah, man. We're, you know, it's a motorcycle industry. We do things a little slower. We got writing to do, man. We, we just have writing to do. You just, can't be working. We're sure about this whole internet fad. Yeah. It's a, is it going to last? Who knows? We shall see. We shall see. Until then, safety third. I'm right. out of here. Good talk. See you out there. Bye. So wait, like Harley's making you pay more money for the shittier color of the Pan America? what the orange one no the brown oh this really like, this ugly ass brown is like 200 bucks more than just black is it matte finished or sorry uh denim finished it's um it's poo finished <laughs> it's like the color of what that chili is gonna look like later mm-hmm. oh levels levels boop 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 Give me some levels. Oh, oh, hi, hi. This is Shane. Hi, this is my regular voice. Hi, 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 hi. Hey, hi, hey, 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 hey,